And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, so nice to have you here with me. My name is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. And at the moment, you can see some beautiful views of the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. It's a little bit quiet at the moment, but we fully expect this to get busy as the day progresses. Hey, guys, how are you going? We are right here on the dock and bringing you in to the start. We've got 25 interviews to get through today. We'll have a few live. We'll have a few pre-recorded. And to um, speak of the pre-recorded, let's kick this off. I did this awesome interview with Lindsay May. He's an absolute legend. He's going into his 46th start for the Rolex Sydney Hobart today, sailing with Kealoa 2. He was involved with the 1998 Hobart and, you know, we are commemorating that Hobart a lot this year given that it is the 20th anniversary. So much has come out of that tragedy and we do try to look at it in a positive light but um, there are some amazing memories that we're going to hear about today. So thank you so much for joining us all. Thank you to our sponsors, Musto and Harkin and, of course, it's great to be working with the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia this year to bring you all the action. We'll um, be keeping you tuned. Here we go with Lindsay May. Um, I do have to say he's a little bit of a ledge. Here we go. Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. We're at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia and I have with me Lindsay May who is the navigator on board the beautiful SNS Kealoa 2. What a beautiful yacht to go south on. She is a beautiful boat and uh, very comfortable and of course uh, we're spoiled uh, and uh, I do miss the really fast lightweight flyers uh, but this is a great opportunity with a great bunch of guys. We've got a lot of ex-Brindabella and Love and War people and some very experienced sailors around the world, America's Cup. Um, so She's just a great boat to sail on, and it's an honour to be on such an old boat. Absolutely, and I love how you just dropped out, you know, Brenda Bella, Love and War, very well-known boats in the Sydney Hobart. But you're also a very well-known sailor yourself. This is your 46th, I believe. Uh, this will be 46 if I'm OK on Boxing Day. Yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. Oh, absolutely. I've been well the last 45, so I don't <laughs> want to change that. No, and it's in a row too, which is pretty amazing. Yes, I just uh, people ask, you know, how come you've done 45? I just say I've been well on Boxing Day because there are, you know, there are guys we know over the years that have not been able to make it. They something's happened medically, um, come the day. So uh, I don't know anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know anything else either, but I haven't actually done the race. I just follow all of you lovely heroes. But the fact that you've managed to do 45 in a row with health is number one most important but then with no breakages no retirements oh i've had retirements you've had a retirement i've had i've had about eight i think over the years. i was thinking this is abnormal <laughs> over the years um i've been a few broken masts a few bent masts um uh fractured hulls uh delamination uh we've never retired from conditions or and i don't say that proudly but there's probably some we probably should have like 84 we well, it just went on yeah. in 84 and we won that race on Indian Pacific. But uh, it's, um, you know, it happens. If you look across the fleet, the, the retirement rate's about 20%. Yeah. I did some stats on it uh, a little while ago. And, and whilst, you know, some years it's really high, it's about eight, 18, 18 to 20%. Fantastic. I would love to pick what is in your brain. I'm just starting to see the wealth of knowledge that's in there. So this would potentially be your 46th start. How many races have you completed and how many have you won? It sounds like there's a few in there. 
I think I've completed 38, yep. I think it is. Um, and as far as winning, I've been really fortunate. I was a navigator on Indian Pacific in 84. I was a navigator on Atara in 1991, and we won the Southern Cross Cup for Ireland yeah, wow. in that race. And then I was the skipper navigator on Love and War in 2006. And then in 97, I was navigator on Brindabella when we took line honours. And the sad thing on Brindabella was that we were second many times. What used to happen is, a, you know, some boat from Europe had come down. Uh, gun, a gunboat like Sayonara, um, Tasmania, which was formerly New Zealand. Uh, and look, e any sailor that's done pretty well but didn't take home the silverware was always in a race-winning position when something disastrous happened. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll go, oh, yeah, we, we had it all shot to pieces until... Something happened. And that's one of the things about this race is the until, is the luck factor. Yes, uh, you know, as Jack Gibson said, good teams always have good luck. But what you're doing sailing out there in those conditions across a wide body of water, boats get separated and you can be just five, ten miles apart and in slightly different conditions for a few hours. It just gives you that little edge. And that happens in the line honours boats. We see it happen and they go, oh, the navigator picked a track and they went round someone well the fact is that the boat in front was probably in a hole mm. so you say well let's not go there we'll go around and then you're looking famous um, but on the handicap side of things um, you know th there's been margins that have been minor um, I haven't really gone into it in depth but I think one year uh, 91 I think we won by a minute 27 um, and uh, so you know you just try and make sure that every little possible advantage is had and you also get that by being well well organised, yeah. and you need a really good crew, experienced crew, and you just need uh, people that uh, are going to push that boat all the time. You have to push the boat all the time, and that was one of the big things on Brindabella. We used to do incredibly well at night. We just had guys that just kept that boat going all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there's a lot of sailors when you grow up sailing dinghies, and they're like, "Gosh, you do well downwind," and I'm like, "No, I just don't rest when I get to the top mark. It's the same thing." Yeah. Well, well I think that's what happens is that people do rest, mm. and and so the other thing also on boats is that there's a lot of really good sailors who suffer from seasickness, yeah. and so you get people that are you know, Olympians in the day races and sailing on the harbours and lakes and so forth, and then they go to Hobart. So any time that we have a bash the first night. I sort of relish that and I say to you know guys in the crew, don't worry about it, you know, so-and-so is on this boat and so-and-so is on that boat, he'll be spewing his guts up right now and he won't be steering the boat. The, yeah. the, the boat and, and of course the next morning they're not in the sort of position that they should be in. And uh, so the thing that you know, I've always tried to do over the years is to get crew that can go to sea and it's, it's tough sometimes uh, yeah. and you've got to say to people, I'm sorry mate, um, you can't come because you're prone to seasickness and some people just can't shake it. Um, and their solution is the only solution that works, and that is go and sit under a tree for half an hour. You can't do that when you're at sea. No, no, no. And they don't think it's very funny when you suggest that's what you should be doing. You know, so just go, go and take a dog for a walk and sit under the tree. So um, seasickness is, is a real inhibitor to a boat's capability of sailing well, and so therefore you will find on those top crews, probably there's nobody getting seasick. Or they're really good at medicating themselves. Yeah, well, the medication, I, I don't know how well it works. Many, many years ago, you know, we, they brought out this SCOP, which was the patch that you put behind yeah, your, yeah. your ear, and I think it was the late 80s or something or other, or 70s. Anyway, um, they were handing it out here at the briefing, and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'll give it a whirl. So I put the patch on behind my ear, and I didn't feel sick, and I was all fine and so forth. And when I got to Hobart, I was putting, putting my wet weather gear away, and the patch was stuck on the collar of my wet weather gear. It had, it had come off. So... Whether it worked, I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. But what I do is I do take 
medication yeah. uh, if need be. And again, one of the things on Brindabella, the guys used to come to me and say, Linz, the weather's going to go bad, you know, pass the travel calm around. Yeah. And we would pass the travel calm around and give everybody, you know, a tablet and it would sort of settle them down. Yeah, before. No wonder um, the mainstream world thinks that we're mental. What person in their right mind would go out on Boxing Day willingly to take on a subtly and, um, and medicate themselves accordingly? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is legal, I think. It's fine, it's totally fine. But you mentioned 1997 with Brenda Mella. That's yeah. quite a personal one for me. Brenda Bella's the first yacht I remember. But then you also did the 1998 Hobart with Brenda Bella, and, of course, it's 20 years since yeah. that... Um, Awful race. Do you yeah. want to tell me about about the conditions? Yeah. Well, 98 you know, on Brindabella, we didn't really get the worst of it. Mm. So we were 130 miles or so further south of where it all went pear-shaped. Mm. And um, we were protected to a degree by the landmass of Tassie from the southwesterly swell. So um, whilst we had 70 knot winds or thereabouts... Is that all? Yeah, we, we didn't have the seaway. Yeah. So what we need to bear in mind then is that uh, when that weather forecast came through on the 27th and forecast winds of 60 knots, back then, uh, well, they did say they did it, but nobody knew that it was plus or minus 40%. Yeah. So 6.4 is 24.84, and there are some boats that did record 84 knots. Now, then you had that seaway, so we had a current. We had a very strong southerly flowing current against a 70, 80 knot southwesterly wind so those huge seas that I only saw on the helicopter on the TV shots yeah. built up and so you had conditions that were just chaotic there and then the, the conundrum for boats was well do we continue on or do we go home now the prudent people say we go home but in going home they essentially stayed in the system in the weather, the wave system and the weather system, because it was also going out to the northeast yeah. a bit, and boats were then rolled. You know, you get a big sea, gets in behind you, lifts us up the stern, and the boats were rolled. Um, people go over the side, mast break. And the other thing we had in 98 was that decks weren't as strong as they are now, so decks peeled off, and there was a classic photograph of one crew mm. with the deck, you know, it's like they were sitting in a can um, up to their waists in water just awaiting rescue. And that was the other amazing thing, was that the rescue assets that came into play that year, if that had happened you know, maybe 10 years earlier, we wouldn't have had that. It was phenomenal what was done by those... I think I just turned my camera turn off. Give me one second. Sorry. No, it's still going. Keep going. It was phenomenal. So it was phenomenal what was done by those rescue assets. And, um, you know, we don't go out expecting that that's going to happen and that we just, oh, well, we're in strife, so come and rescue us. So that's not the way you go about it. But um, just extenuating circumstances. And then, of course, the tragedy was that um, six people lost their lives. If it hadn't have been for all of those rescue uh, services, who knows, 20, 30, 40, there were something like 30 or 40 people reported missing. And when we got to Hobart, we finished early on the 28th and Sayonara beat us. And, uh, mm. and that's the classic one where Larry Ellison is interviewed and uh, somebody says, and Mr Ellison, will you do this race again? And he looks at the camera and he says, not if I live to be a thousand will I ever do this race again. And he was gone on his jet to Hamilton Island within the hour. He wasn't there when we finished. And he didn't get the worst of it either. No, no, no he didn't. <laughs> but the boat was breaking up. Yeah. And they had guys, you know, experienced guys, Chris Dixon and round the world sailors and everything else. And so we all went to the pub. So yes, the media came on and sort of said, and when somebody said, you know, do you know there's 40 people missing? We'd lost our high-frequency radio. We didn't have a radio. And, and, and my, I had a little broadcast radio that ended up in the bilge and it 
you know, cooked itself. So we had no idea of knowing what was going on until the media came in and started, and everybody was absolutely shocked, of course. And then we went to the pub, and the 11 o'clock news came on, and there on the TV, you know, everybody's having a drink, and then all of a sudden the place just went absolutely quiet. Looking at those pictures of the uh, the guys on the end of the... Um, uh, you know the the tea bag yeah, the as they call bag, it yeah, being but... dipped in and pulling people out of the water so and one of our crew sadly he lost his uncle in that race and we knew he was missing at that stage and we didn't really know until sort of a day later basically that what what had happened there so we learned a lot um i don't believe the race would ever proceed if conditions like that were going to come we're looking like yep. they were on their way and what has happened as a result of the cyc's instigation the coronial inquiry um, has been done here for safety to look after us and to try and prevent those circumstances happening are significant and they exceed what's happened anywhere else around the world yep. um, the And we are back here, guys, at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia, looking down onto the Yacht Club. I think you may have gotten a little view of um, Tiana's head there, <laughs> who's helping me in behind the scenes. But I just wanted to come back in on this beautiful view of the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia because um, some of you may not know, but that beautiful boat there with the Komatsu flag belongs to none other than this lovely gent who is sitting next to me and I'm going to bring him straight onto the screen. He's one of my favourites, Shane Kearns. How are you going this morning? Uh, really good and feeling even more confident than normal. Even more confident? How is that possible? Well, the last two years I've ha um, I was confident but I was a little bit worried because the, um, the forecast was perfect for the big boats. Um, but this year... Uh, the tide's actually turned and um, it looks like it's going to favour the uh, the small boats. Yeah, it might, there might be a little bit of a raft up in Bus Strait to give you a little opportunity to, you know, bring the Kool-Aid home. Uh, that's right, and I feel really sorry for those guys, um, you know, really bad, um, especially when we're charging down the coast. And if they actually get to see us, that'd be even better. <laughs> that would be even better. But, I mean, has that ever happened before? Have you ever gotten within striking distance of the big guys besides the start? Uh, only once, probably about 15 years ago, um, uh, maybe longer, it was um, and it was a Gold Coast race and we closed up to Brindabella somewhere off Port Macquarie and they saw us and retired. And uh, um, so uh, hopefully that would be good. I love it how you love sticking it to the big guys. <laughs> oh, well, they certainly uh, serve it up to us um, when we win, you know, with the, uh, the old IOR um, yeah. shitters and blow homes and... Uh, um, why we got to wait right to the end for the winner and yada yada. Yeah, so we we and we we suck that up, and um, so it's only fair it goes right round. I think so too. So for those who don't know, your beautiful boat Komatsu Azuro is right as you walk down the first dock at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Why do you think that is, Shane? Uh, well, I used to think that it was because we were really special and they were looking after us, the club, you know, because it's a cruising club. Because once you go past our boat, everybody. They're all, you know, the the more modern sleds, whereas ours, is at least, as a 1981 model, it looks a bit more traditional. So I used to think we were special, but then one day um, I thanked them for looking after me, and they just said, "No, no, it's you're the only boat that fits there." And uh, so, but I'm sticking to my story. You're to your story <laughs> I liked what you said um, off screen while we were getting organised. You said that you're the one who puts cruising in Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. That's right. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure you know, looking around, there's not too many uh, other cruising boats except. Um, uh, well, Mark Twain and all those sort of things, but yeah. they're they're way in the back paddock because they're bigger than us. Yeah. So uh, they're also not navy blue, and you know. No, the guys um, um, the guys at Woolwich look after the boat, and uh, I'd like to say I did, but uh, I'm only the clipboard man. So, uh, uh, but they do a great job. But um, uh, making uh, a lot of people, I, I hear them talking when they're standing next to the boat, and they say, "Oh, this is one of the new ones," mm. and um, and then I usually uh, pop my head up to take credit and tell them the the, tr the whole story. 
Because how old is she? Uh, 1991. Yeah. So uh, what's that? 37 years old this year. So, uh, but there's certainly uh, sometimes some of the opposition will say, "Is there anything original like boat?" You know, and I'll say, "As a matter of fact, no." <laughs> Owner's prerogative. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I mean, what would you be happy with coming into Hobart? I know you've had some top three places, and you've been a, a little bit disappointed a few times. I mean, you've said that you're going to win. Does that mean you won't be happy if you don't? Uh, well, obviously I want to win, but um, but really when I get to Hobart, no matter where we come, I always feel fantastic and um, and I already start planning um, for, for the, the following year and thinking about what I did wrong and uh, what the crew did wrong, rather. And, um, and uh, yeah, ready to go. Sorry, that just tweaked what the crew did wrong. <laughs> He's not serious, surely. No, 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 they might be listening. So, uh, no, they're fantastic crew. <laughs> No, it's absolutely awesome, and um, and I I think you're just a true diehard, which is why everybody loves you, Kenzie. Oh, that's good. Well, one day, like I said, I'm one day I will win, and I, and uh, and I can say um, I told you so. And, uh, and <laughs> that I, way you say it every year. Yeah, and I was fully confident the whole time, and I just had a few hurdles to get over, like for about thirty years. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, good luck to you. Hopefully, we get to see you in Hobart. And I think we should just go back to this view for those who might have missed earlier when we tuned in. So um, if you can see just there the Komatsu flag and that beautiful navy blue boat with the 34 on the hull, that's your little baby, isn't it? That's it. And hopefully it's sitting in pride of place down in um, uh, Kings Wharf or Kings Pier down there in, uh, in Hobart as well with uh, several division flags and the winner's flag and all the other flags. Actually, we don't know how we're going to put them all up, actually. I love it. I love it. Well, Kenzie, we're going to let you go now, mate. Um, but thank you so much for visiting us. We might pop into um, a little interview with, you mentioned there, I think um, we've got Speezy on Mark Twain. We might um, bring in Mark Twain and say a little hello to him and um, to Speezy, who's doing his 42nd Hobart this year. Can you believe that? Yeah. How many have you done, Shane? 15. 15. Yeah. He's like the Grim Reaper, you know, when you're <laughs> talking to him. Oh, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to... Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it a lot. Awesome. Well, we're going to have a little bit of a look at this interview with Speezy and we'll, um, we'll talk to you very soon. Now, your, um, your sat phone number, by the way, Kernsey, you've given it to me. Do you think that's a good, good decision? Yeah, I think so, because um, we'll definitely be winning by tomorrow night and uh, there'll be several pullouts um, when they see how well we're going. And uh, In fact, in the group armour race... Yeah. Um, this year, one lap of New Caledonia. On the second day, we were still with 40 or 45 conditions. As soon as they saw us, they retired. Oh my gosh, this has happened to you a few times now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we, were, we were so happy. We so this is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. I have with me Speezy, <laughs> Michael Speeze. What Hobart is this for you, buddy? Uh, so we number 42. Don't retire. Is that all? You know, That's get all. in there. <laughs> Started very young. Started very young. Clearly, right, you're only about good 20. Luck, buddy. Um, right. and we'll see you later <laughs> on, everybody. We're at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Not only are you, you doing your 42nd Hobart, you're doing it on one of the oldest boats in the fleet. Um, are you a masochist? Um, he's he's going to win no, the Hobart. No, I mean, it was a challenge, always up for a challenge. You that every race. So. Been on all sorts of boats. But, you'll get you know, it right. I think it was 92. I took a 28 footer down that I built up and hadn't taken my own boat down for a few years. So here we go. Yep. Here we go again. I mean, it feels like Groundhog Day a little bit, but we all can't legend. help ourselves, can we? We've just got to keep doing it. No, it's addictive. And, it, you know, especially in my case, it's been a, a serious part of all my growing up life, not only my adult life, but all my teenage life. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I was there and I aspired to do it. I used to come down here as a as a kid, you know, selling Masabo and um, 
just in awe of the whole event and hoping one day I might be lucky enough to do one and someone might take me and here we are now doing number 42. That's absolutely crazy. So you, this is coming up to number 42. How many have you not made it to the finish? It used to be quite a... It used to be very, very low number and then we went through a patch where rudders kept breaking and, um, you know, the, the boats weren't good and it was quite a high attrition rate, you know, not only for ourselves but the whole fleet and... Yeah different standards got lifted and boats got a bit more reliable now again and um, yeah I, I, if, I don't know exactly but I'd probably say we've been out of eight, eight. seven or eight something like so that. So you've had about 50 starts? No 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 yeah yeah that's, that's not how that works man. <laughs> no no awesome but I mean Mark Twain tell me a little bit about the boat she's a classic. Um, Sparkman Stevens is probably even now the most uh, famous design house in the world Olin Stevens really changed the whole face of yachting with a bay called Derade that came here uh, two years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, he developed uh, winning America's Cups and everything, and I mean, he was the number one designer, late 60s, 70s. Sparkman Stevens' name was just synonymous with quality, strong, robust, and competitive boats. This was a one-tonner um, built for a gent by the name of Ron Langman. Um, and skipped it by Jock Starrick, who skipped it Australia's first ever uh, Admiral uh, America's Cup boat, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and in the one-ton cup, it was built for the 72 one-ton cup. It was the top Australian boat leading in, finished sixth overall. Uh, it was the first boat to have done 25 Sydney Hobarts. Um, and we found it in Melbourne, uh, a little bit redundant, slightly unloved, and put it back together. and. Just putting a few things to give it a bit of a sniff of this century and hopefully they'll make it go a bit quicker. New sails, um, smarten up the deck layout a bit and yeah, and, and put some people on board who knew, knew and remembered how to sail these sort of boats. Because <laughs> they're a little bit different to what you've been racing recently, hey, Spies? I've, you know, I mentioned before, you know, I forgot how much I actually forgot, you know, when we sailed the other day. You know, I mean, I remembered how much we forgot. I mean, it was just... Um, just different mentality, different tactics. Your tactics actually change. You think, oh, well, the wind's still the same. Well, they don't. You know, I mean, how you approach the tide, how you put the boat across the tide, how you change the angles, how do you try to increase the VMG. The whole mentality is different, and it's it's actually been a good learning curve and very, very good for my sailing, hopefully. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's great to see you here. It sounds like you've met, um, you know, found a boat that matches you, Speezy. Yeah, I sort of, I don't know how many boats I've had in the past, but it'd be, you know, might be three figures, but yeah, it'd be definitely well up in the twos. Um, but this might be a keeper, this one, it is special. Yeah, awesome. And then I've got to give you a hard time. Come here a bit closer so people can see. You're wearing this lovely, lovely number. I know this boat's won the um, round the Islanders in round cows, yeah. Isle of Wight before. So you're, you're sporting this merch? Uh, no, they're, uh, they're guys I race with up in uh, Asia and good friends of mine. They're the... Uh, Hopefully they'll be the uh, UK uh, chapter of the Mark Twain support group this year. So, uh, And then you've got, um, an, I don't think you can see it on camera, but he's rocking an itchy barn belt. <laughs> well, much better than having the uh, petrol bowsers fall down, Nicole. But, um, Call me Nicole, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and then you've got a coffee that's made by none other than Di Pearson in the media centre. Yeah, yeah, in the grinders thing as opposed to Tinder, but anyway, you know, so... Uh, um, it is entertaining, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, it's uh, the old Richie Barn thing. I think I did eight or ten Hobarts with Matt on the 70. They were, and had some very solid results. But, and other programs, obviously, up in Asia. We had yeah. one boat there, I think, with Matt that we won 72 out of 100 races with. So, yeah. A little bit of respect wearing that belt to the um, potential yeah. overall, overall IRC winners press yeah. conference. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> sure. 
you know, we're good mates. So yeah, away we go. Well, go enjoy your coffee. I'll have to get Di to make me one next. I don't think she loves me as much as she loves you. Yeah, maybe wait for the change of shift and some of the... And we're back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this live broadcast. It's so lovely to have you all with us. And sitting next to me, I have none other than Mr. Matt Allen, the winner of last year's Tattersall Cup in his boat in 52. Ichiban, how are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good, Nick. I mean, it's going to be some great sailing conditions this evening, um, going into the night and then backing off a little bit. We're... Um we're pretty confident about some really good sailing, but we're a little bit uh, concerned about the the uh, wind off the east coast of Tasmania uh, into the Derwent and Storm Bay. It really looks like it's going to be backing off for our arrival time. So um, it's going to be game on, really. Um, the probably favours the bigger boats that get in before the shutdown. Um, but there could be a bit of a land breeze or a bit of a sucker breeze later on, so we're hoping for that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I mean, but a very different race to last year. Yeah, look, not as fast as last year, but, I mean, last year was just incredible. I mean, we've never seen anything like that before. So still a quick race, really nice sailing conditions, quite tactical tomorrow, um, and picking sort of jibe points um, and trying to match them up with the current a little bit. So, yeah, it's quite a tactical race. Um, it's certainly going to be quite a warm race, and... A, a race where you don't need too many jibs. Not too many jibs. It yeah. sounds similar to last year. That's probably the only thing similar. Yeah, just not as not as much pressure, but still good pressure tonight. So we'll be making, uh, we'll be really moving down the coast quite nicely um, all the way until midnight. We're probably going to be jibing at about midnight uh, or thereabouts. Um, jibe back in, and um, the wind will be then starting to back off a little bit. So um, pretty good sailing conditions for a fast initial part of the race, and then just slowing down as we get uh, closer to uh, Tasmania. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know that uh, winning the Tattersall Cup last year was a dream for you as a skipper, your second time, um, the first time as a boat captain, but uh, what would it mean for you to take it back-to-back? -back? Oh, look, I think it would be really, really uh, creating history for us to go back-to-back. -back. We know no one's done it since Freya in 1965. I think in those days the, the boats were all pretty much in the same weather conditions, so it was probably relatively easier to, to do back-to-back -back in, back in those days. Um, I don't know where you were in 1965, but anyway. Negative. Uh, <laughs> negative quite a lot. Um, so, uh, look, I think it's a real challenge for us. Um, we, we, we love the challenge. The, you know, the boat's going really well. Um, we've made a lot of you know, small improvements to the boat. Um, but the weather gods you know, play a big part in this race. Um, you've got to know... You've got to sail the boat well, you've got to have a great boat, you've got to have a great crew, and you need a bit of luck. And that's what the fascination of this race. You need all the moons to come into line to do well, and, um, you know, we've just got our fingers crossed and we'll we'll uh, keep the pedal down tonight and see see how we end up. Absolutely, and just get as far as you can before that shutdown, as you yeah. said, because we know the um, year prior, 2016, you suffered the shutdown. Yeah, we we're, we're, were looking good, but we weren't across the finish line, and... Uh, and you know, the whole bu bunch of boats parked up in Storm Bay and, uh, you know, we st stayed there for about five hours or so. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that, that, that's part of the fun, mm -hmm. part of the challenge, part of the frustration. <laughs> it's a bit of everything. So, um, yeah, it's really looking like, you know, favouring the bigger boats, but a fast race. The, the northerly keeps pushing all the smaller boats, mm -hmm. but I, I, I still think they're going to sort of suffer with the shutdown a little bit. 
the bigger boats might have a bit of a shutdown on of their own um, a little bit earlier in the race. So, you know, there's um, you know, if you if you park up for too long, it's like time to rip up your ticket. <laughs> and you know, I think we'll just don't do that. Yeah, well, this one <laughs> we'll try not to. But but you know, if you if you park up for a few hours, there's always somebody who's wriggling around who's not parked up. So, you know, you you've just got to keep the boat moving and um, hopefully um, the wind gods you know favor of us and um give us a bit of a run all the way to the finish line but yeah. um we'll see you, you will see i think that's again what you said um that what is so special about the relic sydney hobart uh now 1998 hobart 20 years on yeah. uh i think it's something that we do need to remember and i know you remember it and as do many others um will you guys be thinking about that while you are racing even though you've got to keep your foot to the pedal yeah look um look we will be you know, I think, you know, 20 years ago is still very much in my memory, and I was Commodore 10 years ago when we did the 10-year anniversaries. I, I I, think we'll certainly be remembering the families and the lost ones um, and many of our mates, you know, who also were on the boats. You know, a lot of our mates were on, you know, Winston Churchill and, and, and other boats involved in it. But we'll also be remembering... I, I think the legacy, the good part of it, the good things that came out of it. And I really learned that 10 years ago from the families. You know, they were really so proud of all the changes that have been made, not only by the CYC, not only in Australia, but right across the whole world to safety, you know, better technology, a better culture of safety, yeah. better training, um, better equipment and a, and a better emergency management procedures so you know the list of things that changed were enormous and there's no doubt that all those changes have saved a lot of lives um, in the last 20 years and you know that's something that we've got to remember we've got to make sure that we we don't stop that process because technology allows us to continue to develop better techniques and, and better safety and you know that's part of what we do in Australia, and part of what we do as you know with world sailing as well to yeah. to try and make sure that they, that we keep improving safety as much as we can. Yep, just a few hats this one wears. Not only has he been a past Commodore, he's president of Australian Sailing, and he's currently vice uh, on the Oceanic Offshore Committee at World Sailing. Yep, that's right. So yeah. I, I, I've got a few things in my brain today. Probably too probably too many hats. <laughs> No, never too many hats. Awesome. Well, it's so nice to have you with us and uh, t this morning. Thanks for taking the time. And I'm um, all the best to you. Thanks um, very much. You're very welcome. What I'm going to do now is um, play a little video that I made. You know this one. I made this little video for you after last year's uh, Hobart. And I think everybody might enjoy having a little bit of a look at this um, and, and you looking back on your win in 2017. So good luck to you in 2018. Thanks a lot. Always good to look back. But today's about looking forward as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Here we go. We'll have a look. <laughs> in, in just a second once I get my panelling sorted apparently here we go clearing the layers I'm going to get it I'm going to get it look it? I think so it's not liking me this morning very much I'm going to go to manual there we go okay here we go winning winning no we got fully fully done over by Wild Oats 10. Um, so um, they just, I don't know, they just wanted to take us out at the start. Anyway, they did a quite a nice job of, um, of actually almost putting us about at the start and, um, and then we recovered okay. The old thing is you can't win the Hobart in the Sydney Harbour but you can certainly lose it. Yeah well it, we've all just been salt blasted with our eyes. I mean look this is 
you know, there's wetter boats in the fleet than this one, but but when you're down steering, you know, you're at the you're at the front of the pack here. Everyone else is behind you, and um, diving into those big waves, we we're just really, you know, spray was coming over, but we also had some solid water coming over at times, and so you know that really you know, impacts you. And we're all all harnessed in, so we couldn't slide back, yeah. couldn't slide it anyway. So it, you know, all that worked really well, but it's pretty brutal on on you know all the boat and the crew and and everything. So, but. Amazing sailing, yeah. best sailing I've ever done in the <laughs> Hobart. and uh, we've made really good progress overnight. We're uh, well into Bass Strait already, which is uh, quite incredible. Speeds, um, we're doing about 20 knots through the water, which is about almost 40 kilometers per hour. And we expect the, uh, the breeze to, to build and stay in all day. That's gonna be a pretty uh, furious ride right across Bass Strait and onto the east coast of Tasmania that's uh, coming up pretty quickly. We're almost halfway through the race. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a quite incredible ride. Um, the competitors, we really can't see anybody at this stage. We've uh, dropped most of them back. We did see Hollywood Boulevard in the early hours of the morning. She jived in uh, inshore. Uh, most of the other guys jived in a little bit later. Uh, we can't see Wild Oats 10, but we believe she's only about 12 miles in front of us. So we're uh, sort of in the middle of the two packs here and uh, enjoying the sailing as we uh, rock on down to Hobart. Yeah, look, it, you know, we, we blew up pretty unexpectedly our, our heavy weather spinnaker and it, it was quite strange. How I actually think that the bow prop went through the tack on a wave and then the whole thing just disintegrated in front of our eyes and then, and then our confidence disintegrated at about three seconds later. We went back to the A4 and we just had to leave the A4 up until it, until it was time to go throw again. And, uh, and that, that put us a little, a little further out so we had a better angle with the shift and the breeze coming back in, put the throw up and then we, we were doing like 20, 22s, 23s, 24s coming in back under throw. You know, it's never easy to win this race and you know, the last time when we won it in 83 we had to, we had to win the race three times. And this is no different, you know, you've got to just keep chipping away and trying to win the race and, you know, things go against you, things go for you, it happens to everybody, but that's our story and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Come here fucking close, youngster. What? Come here fucking close. And we can't do anything more, but there's still a lot of nervous waiting time, isn't it? I mean, you know, having been in this position before, um, I think all the boys, uh, when we're here, Either in 2006 or 83, we just, you know, got, hopped on it and worried about it later. But it's actually quite a short wait this time. And it meant a lot, you know, after the great experiences we had in 83 and to go again and do it as, as skipper. But yeah, time will tell. Maybe, maybe we only need another couple of hours. And we'll 
we'll see. It's one of the hardest races in the world to win. And this has been, you know, a lifetime effort. I first came down here in 1976. I've been down here almost every year since. It was just an incredible moment for me to come across that finish line thinking, finally, after so many years, we've got it in the bag. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Here you can see some beautiful views of the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia docks. A few more people starting to float about. We've been here since 6am this morning. Been lucky enough to speak to Shane Kearns, owner of Komatsu Azura, who you can see proudly flying their flag just on the left of your screen there. We've also just spoken to Matt Allen, the current holder of the Tattersall Cup. He will be looking to defend his title this year. Lovely to talk to him, not only about his program, but also the 1998 Sydney to Hobart, which we are commemorating the 20th anniversary of this year. Hi, everybody. My name is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Awesome to be here on the dock, thanks to Musto and Harkin this year. We've got so much coverage coming your way. We've also seen some pre-records with Michael Spees. He's doing his 42nd Hobart this year. Lindsay May, oh my gosh, she has the best voice in the world. I don't know how he didn't have a career in radio. Apparently he was an accountant. He's way too cool to be an accountant. I um, I know other people like that, like my, my dad, Rob Douglas, over here, is just um, helping me in the back end and making sure that everybody um, has some fun whilst they're waiting to chat to me and as you can see here the sun's coming out it's a beautiful day we do have the weather briefing at 8 30 so we'll have an update but it is definitely looking like a nor'easter for the start uh, then gradient breeze all the way into the evening with a potential park up for the you know sort of larger to mid-sized boats so we'll see what happens it could all change as we know so what we might do is um, go into an interview now with a personal favourite, one of the most beautiful boats in the fleet, I do have to say, um, just absolutely incredible. And I can't believe that this boat is going south, <laughs> to be sure. Uh, I just spoke to Nick Crabtree before. He promised me a few years ago that he would be going south on this this boat for this year. and uh, But he also thought that he wouldn't get too far out the heads. So... Unfortunately, now the owners bailed on everybody, so they, <laughs> they have no choice but to go south. So let's have a little bit of a look at this interview, if I can get my, my mouse to cooperate. And um, this interview is with Philip Neal. He is from the beautiful yacht Drumfire. If anybody's been to the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia before, it is an absolute glamour, but you'll see it right here in this interview with Philip Neal. I'm here with Philip in front of arguably the most beautiful boat in the fleet of this year's Rolex Sydney Hobart. It is Oriton Drumfire. Philip, I mean, really? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's a lovely boat. It's taken a. Uh, it's a lot of work to get her here, but um, yeah, we're here and we're we're ready for it. Absolutely. And you've got a pretty good crew on board, even though she looks like more of a cruiser than a racer. Yeah. Well, um, we've done our best to uh, convert her from a cruiser to a racer, and. Uh, 
yeah, we're um, we're, we're confident she'll do okay. So it's, it's about as good as she's going to do. So let's see what we can do. And the crew's fantastic. Look, it's just a, an old bunch of mates getting together and, and having a bit of a go and enjoying the enjoying the ride. Absolutely. And that's one of the sides of the Hobart that we don't necessarily see all the time is that, you know, bond of mateship and going south because you want to, want to do it, not so much just to yep. win. Yep, that's pretty much what we're doing. Um, first and foremost is go and have a bit of fun um, secondly is look good and keep it safe and then thirdly if we can if we can get a result you know that's 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 a win as well um, I mean the conditions this year are going to be nice and comfortable but not really favorable for us we sort of want the southerlies but uh, hey you know you can only uh, sail the breeze that you're given and that's what we'll do absolutely now can you tell me a little bit more about this lovely boat behind us for those who may not know Drumfire so well sure well she was um, launched in 2007 in Holland um, in a yard called Blalmsma, so hull built in Blalmsma, so J-class building uh, yard. Uh, she spent most of her time in, in the Mediterranean, uh, cruising the Mediterranean around uh, sort of Palma and Greece and so forth. She's been across the Atlantic a couple of times, um, won the Super Yacht Cup in Palma. Um, yeah, she's uh, on her third owner at the moment and uh, yeah, we love it. It's now a Sydney based boat and it's a, it's a pretty good boat to have here. Absolutely. And how big is she? 78 feet. Yeah, that, that's all, 78 feet, but yeah. 78 feet of, of glamour and oh, wood glamour. and... Yeah, yeah. A true, true Andre Hook design, yeah. yeah. She's a TC78 in the Trilla Classic range. Um, yeah, beautiful boats, you know, really, really good, uh, really good boat designer and um, they sail really well, beautiful balance, balance great at sea. Um, so it'll be, it'll be exciting. She's it, good. It will be absolutely exciting. Now, you mentioned that she's Australian-based now and you've done a few Aussie regattas this year too. Now, um, one of the highlights definitely was the day at Hamilton Island Race Week when you had uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum on board. Do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, well, you know, like it, all in the spirit of fun. We try and keep it a little bit stupid at the same time. I mean, we don't claim to be all that smart, so uh, we thought we'd uh, we'd go for it and uh, the owner decided to dress up in a bit of Tweedledee, Tweedledum and... The rest of us decided to follow suit, so, you know, it worked out quite well. I must say, though, there were some sweaty bodies under those suits that day. It was pretty warm. I cannot believe the owner that kept his on all day, not just for yep. the start. Yep, that's that's what he's like. He loves it. Excellent. And can we expect Drumfire to be at the uh, the midst of the action for all the parties, as you seem to be often? Uh, I would I would, I would put money on that part, yeah. If you could bet on that in sports bet, that'd be a sure win. Yeah, excellent. Well, well there you, heard it. you heard it here first. If you want to bet on where the party will be at in Hobart, it will be on the beautiful yacht of Drumfire. But I know that you guys, you race just as hard as you um, as you play, and that's lovely to see. We do. We, uh, we, we get in there and have a crack, and, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Awesome. Good luck. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hi there everybody and welcome back to the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Lovely to hear from Philip Neal there, part of Oriton Drumfire. That yacht is just an absolute glamour. I mentioned that Nick Crabtree is going south with them. Harry Bethwaite's also on board and unfortunately last night they said that it was really tough to get to sleep on their feather down pillows. So there are a few different boats going south to Hobart this year and I'm lucky enough to have spoken to quite a few of them over the past few days and we do have two more live interviews to come for you today, ladies and gentlemen. So again, thanks to um, Philip Neal for having a chat with us. Matt Allen has joined us live, as has Shane Kearns. And as you can see here, guys, the, um, the, 
sun is shining, but there's not much wind yet. You can see here in the pond, it's that nor'easter's just starting to fill, starting to get the slightest ripple there. So what are we going to do now? I think what we'll do is go to one of the Navigessers, Andrew Cape Capey from InfoTrack or InfoRec, as it was reported in the Sydney Morning Herald earlier this week. Bad, bad, bad Sydney Morning Herald. InfoTrack, they've done a great job of getting this boat ready to go south. They have people on board like Bow Becking from Brunel. Capey was the navigator for Brunel. They've got Stewie Bannatine on board, who's won more Volvos than anybody you can poke a stick at. So absolute gun crew. Let's have a listen to my chat with Andrew Cape Capey about just how many round-the-world races and the experience that's on board with the InfoTrack Info this year. We'll be back very shortly. Looking forward to it. Great crew. There's a few rock stars on board. A few rock stars and everybody. Becking's made a late minute, last minute appearance. No, he's been here since uh, a couple of weeks, but now we've got some new sails, new door sails, and uh, yeah, it's going to make a lot of difference. And looking forward to getting out there and mixing it with the other super maxis. Absolutely. I know it's funny how they call you super maxis. Yeah, yeah, I, I just thought of maxis and maxis. I don't know what made them super. They just call, <laughs> but uh, like supermodels, but. Uh, they're just maxis to me. I mean, yeah. yeah, 100 foot is a maxi. Awesome. And you've just come off the back of the Volvo, obviously. Um, another another good one for you guys. I mean, Bauer Becking, it must be nice to, to go south with him too. Yeah, good. He knows his stuff and, uh, yeah, always a good thinker and good sailor. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and how cool is your owner, Christian Beck? He's probably the most enthusiastic person I've ever met about winning the race out the heads. He's a great guy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we can get a good result for him. Yeah, that would be great. And um, and you guys, I mean, um, a lot of people often call your ship maybe not the fastest of the maxis. Do you think you can mix it up with everybody? I think in the medium conditions, and not too windy, not too light, uh, I think we can. Yeah. And uh, then we're just going to get out there and do it. But really competitive fleet and very varied boats, so it's really good to see. And uh, this is the home of the maxis, so yeah. bring it on. And then as you and I know, um, it also then, you know, eventuates on the day what plays out. That's right. There's some, <laughs> you know... Every race is tricky, and uh, every you know, because the boats are so different, you've got to go your own way. So just to get out there and do our best. Now, how many round the worlds have you done? Uh, eight. Eight round the worlds. How many Hobart? Uh, Seventeen. Okay, that's enough. enough. <laughs> you I pass. I don't think I'll make it to twenty-five. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I think that means that you get a little certificate of lunacy, does it, or what? What, when you get 25? Yeah. Should be. You make it up on the board there, which is good to see. There's a lot of legends up there. No, there are. There are some amazing people up there, but that's why I like to ask how many around the world and how many Hobarts, because I think the question how many Hobarts you've done is asked way more often in sailing than around the world. Well, that's right. But I've done, I think I've done 75 races over 50 yeah. miles, 500 miles, sorry. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot. I've done 14 fast nets and plenty and plenty, plenty. So I should be on the board as an honorary member, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> but at the moment I only qualify for the ladies list of yeah. 10, yeah. more so than 10. You, so you get the substitute lunacy certificate? Yeah, I get the pretty dumb certificate, yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. And then with, with Stewie and, and Bauer, yeah. the round the world laps over, you know, 200 milers and bloody Hobarts would be extreme. I'd say with those three people you mentioned, yeah, we've, done, the three. we've done the most ocean racing miles in the world. Racing miles, yeah, for sure. So you got the pedigree. Uh, let's hope you get some weather. Uh, yes, that's right. That's right. We need the weather <laughs> to suit the boat. Um, that's what's going to happen. So we're just going to go out there and sail fast. Perfect. Have a good one. Okay. Cheers.
And we are back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. So awesome to be here with you all this year. Once again, this is the fourth time that we've broadcasted live from the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. And I think it's the third time we've attempted to um, do videos. So we're constantly pushing ourselves here at Adventures of a Sailor Girl. It's quite fun. It's five times, says Dad. No, I don't think so. Maybe. Or maybe this is our fifth time, our fourth time doing video. Yeah, Rob Douglas, producer, as always, is totally on the ball. And it's uh, not long now until the weather briefing will be happening upstairs in the club. The dock is starting to fill up. You can see a little bit more movement here. Everyone doing their last sort of minute preps. The Nor'east is starting to film. Oh my gosh, there's a whole bunch of paddlers in the arm that you can't quite see, guys, just to the right of the screen. But all good fun and very, very awesome to be down here. As always, we've had a few little interviews as well happening in the background. I'm just trying to work out who we might chat to next. I think we're going to bring in an international interview, guys. Um, there's quite a few international entrants this year and... I really do like these guys. They've chased me to make sure that I get them on the show. So let's have a little bit of a listen to my interview with John Murkowski from Joyride. They claim to be American. They're basically Canadian. Um, let's have a little bit of a listen to this interview. And awesome to have everybody here joining us. 85 entrants this year. Nor'easter building as we speak. And we'll be taking you right into the start. We'll also have live commentary of the start, guys. I'll be on ABC in Australia on radio. And we'll be streaming that commentary here on Facebook as well. So stay tuned. I mentioned earlier too, we'll be doing doing sat phone calls throughout the race. So taking coverage to another level, here's my interview with John Mikowski from Joyride. I am here with John on the back of Joyride at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. And for some reason, your entire crew doesn't sound like they're from around here. No, none of us are. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all sound weird. We sound weird. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I guess this is weird for you too because there's no snow anywhere and it's Christmas time. Yeah, it was a little shock getting off the airplane down here. It's, it's hot. It is yeah. very hot indeed. Now, your team is half made up of U.S. and Canadians. By Actually, a little bit more Canadian than a little bit more Canadian. Yeah, there's five Canadians and three. They're cheering in the background. Yes. <laughs> and we think they talk funny, so. Uh, Canadia represent, as we say, down under. But, um, but, I mean, you've come such a long way as well. Uh, yes, the, the crew's done a great job getting the boat here. Braun and, and Robin did the whole trip. Mm -hmm. um, all of us did the obviously the race to Hawaii, and then uh, different people did different legs of the delivery to get us all down here. Now, is it true that this boat stayed in Fiji for a month while you were doing boat work? Uh, yeah, something like that. I saw some snorkeling pictures, but uh, yeah, there was a, a fair bit of work going on. That sounds terrible. <laughs> wasn't too bad for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you might get a, a bit of a shock when you go to Hobart. Very different kind of beautiful than Fiji, but a, a, another island that you might like visiting. Yeah, I'm super excited to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Boxing Day, um, have you done a Hobart before? No, none of us have. Okay. You're going to be completely overwhelmed. There's going to be boats everywhere. Are you prepared? Uh, yeah. You're I'm super ready? excited for the start. <laughs> yeah. And then, you're, and then the adrenaline goes up and, you know, what are you going to do once you get out of the heads? Sail fast. Sail fast? Yeah. Sail clean? Sure. Is that all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Head south. I mean, the, the start with that, much in, that many boats and that much energy is going to be something to experience for sure. Mm. Uh, the whole race is for that matter. But, you know, that big of a start with that much uh, going on, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's absolutely probably one of the biggest draw cards of the Hobart. Is, is that why you guys are all here? Is it a bucket list for the crew? Or? It's definitely a bucket list. And it seems like by the time you get to Hawaii, it felt like we were halfway there and no reason to turn around and pound home if yeah. we can keep going. So. Excellent. And then how are you getting the boat home? 
That's a good question. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> All right, get it to Hobart first. Yes, we'll get it to Hobart first and then get it back here and then we'll talk. Excellent. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to you and the crew and I hope you have a great ride south. All right. Thank you very much, Nick. You're very welcome. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, adventurers. Merry Christmas, by the way. I hope you had a fantastic day. This is by far my most favourite Christmas for quite a number of years, mostly because I got to go to sleep on Christmas night, so I apologise for my chirpiness. It's the first time I've actually gotten to go to sleep on Christmas night in some number of years, and that was actually my one true wish of Santa. So I must be getting a hang of this or something, or maybe Big Boat Day was a good practice for me and an opportunity to troubleshoot. Sailors love troubleshooting. It's all about the scramble sailing. So uh, what we're going to do now is go on to someone who is no stranger from scramble sailing. And he's also a bit entertaining too. I think at this time of the morning, we need an entertaining interview. He has a fast 40 in his fleet. He also has his 55, his far 55. And that is the interview that we did with him on board. And a shout out to Tiana, who's working her butt off in the background to bring you lots of live stuff on Instagram as well. And she was filming for this interview and Felt like I needed to block her ears. Never, Woody, I hope you're not watching. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> She's laughing. Here we go for our interview with Ray Roberts. He's a cracker. And if you didn't see my interview with him on the dock in Hobart last year, you may not understand it. You're going to have to watch back. We might have to repost that one later, T. I'll show it to you. It'll educate you. Yeah, exactly. Here we go with Ray Roberts of Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm on the job. <laughs> this is Nick Douglas from Adventures of a Sailor Girl with Ray Roberts. It's looking very, very slick, and with a downwind ride, you're going to be yahooing all the way, Ray. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's hope. I never uh, count my chickens before they hatch because the weather is so fickle and can change. But if it's a uh, predominantly downhill race, um, that'll be good for our boat design, mm. and it'll be uh, be a real fun ride. But it's still hard work, you know. You, Hobart, you go, wow, off the wind, fast, it's going to be all fun. But, you know, two and a half days of that and sometimes, you know, six metre waves yeah. and you're surfing down the waves and you're hitting the one in front. Got a metre of water over the boat. So it's, um, if you like have being, you know, sort of sailing a boat underwater yeah. and, uh, and it hitting you in the face so it's pins and needles and you go, shit, this is fun, that's Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like um, you're getting a facial while you go to Hobart. You're getting a facial with pins and needles, so <laughs> you feel revitalised when you, when, you, when you get there. Absolutely. Now, there are a few Hollywood boulevards. Which one's this? This is my Far 55. Yeah. And uh, this is my um, offshore special boat. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to getting a good result in the Hobart race. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, as always, you've got to sail well. You've got to have a top crew, which I have got. Mm -hmm. You've got to uh, be smart with the weather. Mm -hmm. You've got to get the current right. And then there's that element of luck. Yep. So if all of those things fall into place and the stars align, you can be in the top three. Yep, that sounds like a good plan to me. Now, um, we've had some very, very good chats once we've gotten to Hobart, Ray. Can I expect the same from you this year? Because I think your interview with me last year was one of my most watched. I think I think this is an appropriate time to send out a warning to all those single girls in Hobart or all of those nearly divorced mothers that are looking for some hot guys. We'll be there soon, girls. And get you start drinking at Tasman Light if it's not going well, don't you? Yeah, get get the makeup on, get the lippy on and 
get rid of the hubby for a couple of days at least and come down to the dock and we'll be waiting. <laughs> there are a few people laughing on neighbouring boats, Ray, but you're dead serious, aren't you? I am dead serious. We love the Tassie girls. Come down, girls, and we're going to make sure you have a load of fun. I just thought of something really funny. Um, it gives a whole new meaning to the taste of Tasmania. Well, I wouldn't have put it like that, but uh, let's say that whatever we do, the boys will be very tasty. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not sure I'm ready for this, Ray. This is, this is really setting a precedent for our interview in Hobart, but I'm really glad to see that you guys are back. Um, I know you know I've been a, a big supporter of Team Hollywood. Um, but, I mean, I, I think a few people are a little bit um, upset that you're not taking the Fast 40 down because that would have entertained a stall. Well, the Fast 40 is a fabulous boat, but it, 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 would have, it would have been surfing on every little tiny wave and, we, and, it, and the cockpit would be like a jacuzzi. It would yeah. be full of water and we'd need snorkels. Full body abrasions. Full, full body abrasions. So uh, I've decided to leave that at home for the Hobart race, yep. but we'll be getting it ready for the races north. And as you know, mm -hmm. we were the top boat at the Hamilton Island Race Week. You were. In our boat in Fast 40. Indeed. So, Take note of that and watch out all you other boats in the Hobart race. Sounds good to me, right? Now have a great, great Christmas and um, we'll see you in Hobart, if not before. Same to you guys and uh, lots of love and you do a great job media-wise. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Ray. You're welcome. <laughs>the cruising yacht club of australia my name's nick douglas for adventures of a sailor girl and my sidekick for the rolex sydney hobart this year is tiana witty i've known her since you were born yeah. <laughs> yeah and her dad's known me since i was born which is quite concerning yes she's nev witty's daughter but i keep telling her that one day he will be tiana witty's dad which is just awesome but um it's so great to have her on board uh today and i'm sh sort of showing her how i'm paneling in the background but she'll be helping me out and behind the camera so big cheers for tiana witty for um being on board on boxing day she also worked with me on the 23rd and the 24th to make sure that we could get you all of these amazing interviews throughout the fleet are you like being a lacking being a sailor girl well you've already been a sailor girl your whole life i mean when did you sail for the first time I think I was on a laser at three months old with yeah. dad yeah. and then I haven't been off since. Yeah. I was 10 months old tied to the mast. <laughs> Our dads are very similar. They've <laughs> been mates forever. So it's awesome to have you here with me, Tiana. Now, um, we just had that Hollywood Boulevard interview and I'm sorry, Nev, if you're watching. Yes, she was filming at the time, but that is just one of the most hilarious interviews that we've done, isn't it? Yeah. My dad actually warned me as well when I got to Hobart to watch out for drunken sailors. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to be her bodyguard. So anybody coming to Hobart, like, I'm, I'm like, scarier than a dad, right? <laughs> Nobody goes near my state. What, what are you calling yourself? Side Nick. The Side Nick. I really like that. I think that's quite cute. So what I think what we might do is go into an interview, and you might get to choose, Tiana. What do you want to choose? We've got the one with the family. We've got... Yeah. You want the family one? Yeah. Oh, this one's so cool. This is with the Kane family. They're absolutely lovely, and um, it was actually Beth's dream to do the Sydney Hobart. She had a list of things she wanted to do, 30 things she wanted to do before she turned 30. Now, John, who is on board, he actually did the 1998 Hobart, and it is 20 years since the 98 Hobart this year. He actually did the Hobart with their uncle, who was sailing with them as well, and he was the one who alerted me to this amazing team. So um, thank you so much to the Kane family for chatting with us. We're going to check out that interview right now, and, um, and we'll be seeing you with plenty of coverage, not just in this interview show today, but we'll be 
live with live co- coverage for the start. Tiana's going to be out on the water doing plenty of stuff on Instagram. We can't upload it straight away because there's a bit of an embargo on live footage, but it will be up as soon as we can get it up for you. So keep an eye out for a different perspective there. I'll be commentating the start right here on Facebook with the ABC. Thank you so much to the ABC for having me. And then I'll be with the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia from this afternoon to do some live shows. Oh my gosh. Hello, guys. I'm good, I'm good. Got some Oats guys just walking on the dock behind us carrying some batons, which are like longer than most cars. Did you see that, T? <laughs> They're very big. <laughs> very big batons, awesome. Well, um, here's that interview with the Kane family for you guys, and we'll be right back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. It's so nice to have you with us. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. I am downstairs on Ordea. I have with me John, Jenny, Millie and Beth. Now there's something special about this lot who are heading south together. Uh, You're all related. We are. It's definitely a family affair. (laughs) So you have two sisters, a mum and a dad. I just love this. I think it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it must be awesome to at least spend this holiday time together as well. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I think we all get used to each other before we're locked on a boat together. But I think that you, um, you, you must love the racing, Jenny? Uh, well, we're actually uh, new to racing or back mm-hmm. to racing recently. We've, John and I have spent a lot of time cruising. Okay. Uh, and it was the idea of Beth, actually, who said, I would like to do a Sydney Hobart before I'm 30. And given that she's just turned 29, this was our only option. <laughs> so you basically um, got pressured into it. Good call. Yeah, definitely a good call. <laughs> Um, I had a list of 30 things I wanted to do before I was 30 and this was on it and I said I'll do it anyway but I'd much prefer to do it with my family and Dad's done a few before so it was a good idea. He jumped right on it and here we are. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. What rocking family to actually just go, yeah, cool, we'll help you out with that. No worries, let's tick off the list. Um, Beautiful boat you've got here though. Yes, it's terrific. We're very lucky. Uh, We've had it for uh, a bit over 12 months. Uh, We're still on a steep learning curve on how to sail it um, but the team's going really well. We're thoroughly enjoying it. It's something cool about sailing with family. It's almost like you bond before um, a normal team would, I think. Uh, She's like, no, I'm not sure. I'm really new. (laughs) I think sailing is a really levelling sport anyway. There's no room on a boat for any brinkmanship or, you know, one-upmanship on a boat. Everybody has to learn how to work together. Um, So I think that's good for us working with our kids on a level playing field. It's, uh, It's a good thing to have to do. Um, there's not many things you can do where your adult, children's do, adult children join you yeah. um, and this adventure is one of those, so it's terrific. Absolutely awesome. Well, I know I sail with my dad a lot and Tiana, who's behind the camera, she sails with her dad a lot, so um, we completely understand and, and I had to come and have a chat to you guys. And we've got um, Uncle Fester up the top too. <laughs> <laughs> so who else has to come sailing with the family? Uh, well, we've got um, Dan. And how many is that? We've got uh, five others. Yep. So two of the crew are boys that the girls sailed with when they were junior dinghy sailing. Oh, awesome. And two others are uh, people that um, the girls have known through um, work and... And they'll never go to Mark. Oh, yeah. And the two who we added, they only started sailing this year. So wow. their first sailing experience is on Ordea with us just over a year ago. And, and now they're going to Hobart. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Steep learning curve for sure. So there's only two on board, two out of the crew of 10 that have done a Hobart before. 
Awesome. Well, hopefully the forecast is nice to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It looks all right. We're pretty happy with it. Yeah. Are you going to still love your sister if it's an awful experience? We'll be okay. Dad puts us on separate watches, so <laughs> we won't won't kill each other, and we're in separate life rafts if it all goes badly. So. <laughs> first. We're just interchangeable because yeah. nobody can get our names right anyway. So it's just one one of the daughters on a shift. Millie, Beth, I've got this now. Awesome. Well, good luck to you all, and um, hopefully I catch you in Hobart. And here we are, guys, back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Definitely a little bit more action happening now as we have spectators, visitors, family, sailors heading down towards the boats. Most boat calls will be around now. This is when we have people coming to visit us uh, as well. So if you are in the area, come and say hi. But if we're live, maybe don't say hi until we're there or have an interview running or something like that but it is fantastic to be here and Rob Douglas is up at the final weather briefing now he'll pop down to give us all the latest in just one minute and then I'll run you through the course we have an animation of the course for those who may not have um, actually seen what happens with the Hobart so far usually I have my laminated sheet but as for the big boat day I now have progressed to an animation which is a little bit more sexy so we're going to go with that now interviews what are we going to have a look at I think what we're going to do now is just have a little bit of a look at my interview that I did with Stacey Jackson uh, and then oh actually we might run that one in just a little bit mm, what are we going to do we've we've seen Ray Roberts Maybe we'll have a little bit of a look at a maxi. Shall we have a little look at Jim Cooney, maybe, from Comanche, last year's Line Honours winner. Not without controversy, uh, but lovely to chat to Jim Cooney. I have to say that their team has been out training more than any other. I have marine traffic on my phone. I'm sure some of you have marine traffic, and I have a, a stalker little notification on Comanche. I have done ever since they came to Sydney, just so that I could just just ask Kenny Reid. He, he knows I used to stalk them. It was just a thing. But I still have that thing. I, I don't know how to turn the notification off now. And every time they've been sailing this year, it's like Comanche departs Port of Sydney. <laughs> Comanche deports Port of Watson's Bay. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. They, they have been sailing so much. So here's my interview with Jim Cooney. Lovely to talk to him as always. He does have his son and daughter on board once again this year. So... Um, I mean, it, we'll just have to see what happens because if it's a little bit of a slow Hobart, they will get a little bit sticky, the old fat bottom girl. But let's have a look at um, this interview with Jim Cooney. See you soon. This is Mick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. A few weeks on with Stacey Jackson. I mean, what's been happening with you guys? You've been out training? Yeah, it's been a busy few weeks since we last saw you, Nick. We've, um, we've been out in the harbour, we've been doing plenty of sailing, we've been offshore. We've done our 24-hour qualifier for the race. We've been doing sustainability initiatives, we've been doing educational evenings at the CYCA. So, and we've been preparing for the yacht race as well. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> when I saw you um, at Woolwich, your list was a mile long, and I know that those lists just seem to keep on going, but then people don't seem to understand that when you're running an awareness campaign such as Ocean Respect Racing, there's so much more than just going sailing, as you said. Yeah, well, luckily the job list for the boat is getting shorter, um, and, and in fact, hopefully we'll be done today. Um, but the, the job list for, for educating and bringing awareness about sustainability, that's long and that will never get shorter. We need to just keep working at that. 
It was awesome today. Um, Stace was involved with the press conference just inside here. Walked along proudly and took all the single-use plastic water bottles off the off the panel. You've come a long way. I feel like I see plastic water bottles or takeaway coffee cups on tables and I feel ashamed to see it or embarrassed for the person who put it there and, and hopefully everyone will start to feel that way soon. Yeah, no, I, I did the, the same thing this morning. I went in, I realised I'd forgotten my keep cup and I couldn't even buy a coffee. I know I do it myself. If I don't have my keep cup, I don't get a coffee. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, you get, it's like a punishment. Absolutely. <laughs> but you're speaking of um, awareness campaigns here at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. An amazing evening the other night with Dee Kafari and Toby Maguire from 11th Hour Racing. Great for the whole team to be able to meet him. Absolutely. Having our sponsor, Todd, come out from 11th Hour Racing from Newport in, in Rhode Island in America was amazing. Um, you know, awesome for him to come and see what's happening down in Australia. 11th Hour Racing hasn't been involved in the Southern Hemisphere a great deal. So it's nice to sort of spread his wings here and, and I think they'll be keen to stay involved with Australia. Yeah, I hope so. I actually saw Ch Charlie Enright in the bar before. He's doing the Hobart as well, speaking of 11th Hour. Yes, my old skipper from Vestas 11th Hour Racing. I saw him very quickly too. So uh, yeah. we, we've gone from teammates to opposition. Yeah, take it on. But then um, I know there's also a cleaning, uh, a clean-up initiative with Clean Up Australia as well on the harbour during the week. Yeah, so we've teamed up um, with... Clean Up Australia, 11th Hour Racing issued a grant to an organisation in Sydney and there'll be another one in Hobart. And so we've teamed up with them to see what it is that Clean Up Australia do. And it's really quite simple. They've named that, that organisation perfectly. They clean up Australia. Yeah. So we, we went to a beach in Sydney Harbour, which as we were arriving by boat, we were like, wow, this is beautiful. How nice is this beach? We got on it. It was terrible. It was dirty. It was gross. So we, we literally took our bags and we collected the rubbish um, and, the, and we sort it into plastics that can be recycled, um, soft plastics that you know, perhaps have d uh, broken down too much, um, which will go into waste. Um, but it was a real eye-opener to see what was there. And the things that were being there, being there for years, will be there for hundreds of years to go because plastic just won't break down. And that's the whole idea behind Ocean Respect Racing is like cut it off at the source. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, we've got to refuse is the first option and then recycle. So, um, so yeah, if you can just say no to your plastic water bottles and, and your takeaway coffee cups, that will make a difference. But the other thing that Clean Up Australia have done is that we've put in everyone's race packs for the boat a sack for both recyclable and waste. And so at the end of the race, they will be collected and taken to the appropriate waste disposal areas in Hobart. But it might just highlight to the crews how much waste they have and how much recyclable stuff comes off the boat. And it may encourage them next year to, to swap out those single-use plastic water bottles and get you, get you guys a team of sports bottles and use your water tanks in the boat. And the third one is that we're asking everyone on Boxing Day who comes down to the foreshore or goes to a park or has a party in their own house that whatever rubbish you have or you've taken that day to the park, take it home with you and then just grab one more piece that someone has left behind and that will make a difference to the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And then you said inside that if every single competitor that's involved with the race doesn't use a single-use plastic water bottle or a coffee cup on the morning here, yeah. how much is that? Absolutely. You know, it goes back to when one person says, oh, but my, my one takeaway coffee cup doesn't matter, but 7 billion people on the planet say that, it does matter. Yeah. Or, you know, 87 boats worth of, of races. Exactly. Like, if you think about it, on average, you know, the boats probably have 400, 500 mil plastic bottles on board by 90 odd boats, it's a lot of plastic water bottles at the end that we can save. Yep. 
And if they really, really want to help um, reuse and recycle, they can get in touch with Stace to get one of her awesome Naughty Bag water bottle holders, which are just brilliant. Yeah, great plug. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, naughtybags.com.au. Awesome. <laughs> we'll see you in Hobart. Thanks very much, Nick. You're welcome. Totally going to take that technical glitch over what happened on Big Boat Day. Uh, yeah, so that was meant to be an interview with Jim Cooney and it was an interview with Stacey Jackson, a much hotter version of Jim Cooney. <laughs> but great to hear about how Ocean Respect Racing has been going across the past few weeks that they've been in Sydney. I think they've done 25 days together now, which is just fantastic leading into the race today. I actually got to go sailing with them and you may or may not have seen this interview that I did with Stacey, D, Katie and also um, Carolyn Brower, who will be on the helm for the start. World Sailor, female World Sailor of the Year, Dee Kafari, only woman to have sailed solo both ways around the world, and the only one to have done it reverse, counterclockwise, has also done however many Volvos. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Vanessa Dudley's on board. She's done 22 Hobarts and won the Laser Radial Masters Champion Opens as well as females. So, I mean, there's some serious strength on board. So here's my little pre-record that I did with the Ocean Respect racing team um, from on board, on the dock, where they're based at Woolwich. And great, as always, to be catching up with these amazing women who I used to sail with as well. So go Wild Oats 10 today and make sure that you use your single, non-single-use plastic water bottles. We're um, highly into the keep cups and the plastic water bottles that you refill here. And... Um, yeah, no comment on the pump water bottles in the media centre at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. But we have been making sure we write our names on them and reuse them if we have had to use them, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Poor Tiana is like, no, what do you mean? <laughs> like, right! <laughs> so everybody today, at least, can you just use your keep cups? That'd be awesome. But here is a little pre-record that I did with Stace a few weeks back on board and on the dock at Woolwich. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl on board Wild Oats 10 with the skipper, Stacey Jackson. Stacey, tomorrow, your first race. I know you've put a lot of work in behind the scenes. I bet you're excited to go sailing. Yeah, we're super excited to go sailing. Um, you know, we've had our whole team together for the last four days training. So it'd be nice to get out there and turn it into a race and see what we can do. Absolutely. Now, Ocean Respect Racing, you've brought this program together. It's not only backed by the Oatley family, but 11th Hour Racing. You raced with... Uh, Vestas 11th hour racing in the last Volvo. Yeah, it's awesome to um, to be able to team up with 11th hour racing and continue on everything that we were doing in the Volvo. It was a real eye-opener for me this last race. Um, I first-hand witnessed how bad a state the planet's in and I just decided that I wanted to continue that message and try and bring it down to Australia as well, bring down 11th hour, introduce them to Australia. Yeah. So we've teamed up and we've got this awesome message. We've got a great vessel thanks to the Oatley family. And now uh, you'll see us out in the water and we're all about promoting uh, clean seas, um, reducing the use of single-use plastics. So bring your drink bottle down to sailing. Don't use the coffee cup. And um, say no to straws when you get a drink at the bar afterwards. Absolutely. And then on top of that, you've collected this amazing group of sailors to go and do the race with you. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about the crew, actually. I did a little ring around during the Volvo, towards the end of the Volvo, I was starting to think about this. 
um, and then got to go around and contact a few of the other girls afterwards and everyone's been really excited and I, I'm, I'm stoked to the calibre of our crew and really looking forward to getting out there and racing. Yeah, and the fact that they're all female to you really doesn't mean anything, you've just chosen a, a bunch of fantastic sailors. Yeah, I picked a bunch of people I know or I sail with or I wanted to sail with who are all very good sailors and it just turned out that they're all women so that's that's the exciting thing about it and and testament to the ability of females that we have within our sport We're here with just three of the awesome members of ocean respect racing i basically couldn't choose i think there's 14 of you now katie yeah 14 great females i know and i had to pick just three of you hopefully i'll talk to a few of you before the hobart but d i mean you've had a massive year katie's had a lot on her plate too and so has carolyn do you want to just tell me a little bit about what you've been doing and why it ties into this program ocean respect racing yeah well following the end of turn the tide on plastic in the volvo um i've become quite a strong advocate um for ocean health mm -hmm. and following a lot of sustainability programs and when stacy put this project together with 11th hour racing it sat perfectly and she invited me down and at the end of the day I've left the cold British weather for a month of sunshine in God's Australia, country. so I'm very happy. So thank you for having me, ladies. <laughs> and next I'm going to go to Carolyn, who um, is recently crowned World uh, Sailor of the Year, female, I know, has won the Volvo Ocean Race with Dong Fong, and just did the A-Class Nationals as well. You got out and, yeah, and Worlds and did a bit of um, dinghy racing too, which is great to see. Now you're here. I know, it's awesome. Well, it's nice to be back in Sydney, obviously, and uh, nice to be able to do my second Hobart with, uh, with Ocean Respect Racing. Uh, I think there's a lot of experience there. What was it? 68 Hobarts and 20-something laps of the globe. Yeah, and about 16 or 17 laps of the globe. So the, the experience is definitely there, and we've been out the last few days training and you now done our shakedown sale to start with, and now we're actually getting out there and getting all the slowly getting all the boxes ticked so yeah i think we're we're on on the good way and really looking forward to a good hobart yeah absolutely and today it was like deploy furl deploy furl deploy well that was fun <laughs> it was it was it was busy you know but good fun yeah absolutely. and and i think again the importance for us is the sustainability side you know while these two have been sailing around the world i've been playing mum and you know it's important for us for our future to make sure that um what our kids grow up with so hence the 11th hour racing and all the importance of looking after what we have. And then some of the other crew members on board, Katie, I mean, just off the top of your head. Oh, I mean, where do you start? Yeah. Where do you start? You know, we've got some amazing Volvo sailors, some amazing ocean racers. We've got, you know, fantastic navigators. So we've just got such an amazing team to work with. And then it was quite funny today, going back to your environmental message, these amazing sailors, watching them try and feed ropes through clutches with no plastic on them. That's the, the level that this team is going to. It's pretty amazing. Well, yeah, but it's easy to just go to habits and it's about changing habits and attitude. And it takes time and you do have to find alternatives or get a bit frustrated along the way. But uh, it's interesting for us. We're learning a brand new boat. So the Oakley family's been fantastic gifting us while it's 10. And uh, we've got a lot on our plate learning a new boat, um, but we're all coming together and it's going to be great. Yeah, and you say shakedown sail. I mean, I think it's great that you're actually out there practising. And as a team, and you will be, into the Hobart. Yeah, of course. We've uh, still got a 24-hour qualifier to do, which uh, we'll do uh, in a week's time, next weekend. And, yeah, we'll be able to continue uh, progressing as a team and learning to get to know each other as a team. We're talking about who's all on board and... You know, I sailed my first Volvo Ocean race about 18 years ago with uh, Karen and, and Katie, who are on board this boat now as well, yeah. and then sailing with uh, D 
Christy and uh, and Bianca and uh, Stacy and Libby who done the uh, this this last Volvo. So yeah, it's a great bunch of people together and uh, really looking forward to the next race. Absolutely. And you just mentioned Stacy and then poor Katie who's like, oh, I've been a mum. You've done a lot of sailing too, and a lot of sailing with Stacy who's been driving this project too. I know, but you haven't done a Hobart yet. No, I haven't. Yeah, I've been labelled. I've been. <laughs> she doesn't know. Shh. Oh. Come. No, no. So I've done zero, and I believe we've got one other on board who's also a Hobart virgin. Yeah. So keep that quiet, though. It's okay. not no, common I knowledge. That's, I think that's really good. It I think it's that good. we're sharing opportunities and developing. Well, exactly. Cool. You know, if I was ever going to pick a time to go, it is now with such yeah. an amazing group. Absolutely, and the banter on board is just awesome. I, I'm, there's a lot of um, sexual innuendos going on, which I won't mention. Don't worry, boys, it's not just you. Um, but, you yeah, know, you guys have bonded already, and I think that's half, half the battle. Yeah, and it's um, showing really good camaraderie, but as you say, there's a lot of banter, and everyone says, oh, what's it like on a girl's boat? Exactly the same as a guy's boat in yeah. reality. It's the same stuff. We're talking about the same stuff, having the same laughs and jokes, but, you know, serious side is the sailing and performance. It was absolutely um, hilarious. I went to have a chat to Sandy Oatley up the top here, and he said, oh, what did you do today? And I said, oh, we're sailing with the girls. And he's like, it's not the girls. You went sailing on Wild Oats 10 with Ocean Respect Racing. And I went, okay, Sandy, point taken. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're just building on what... It's already been established. There's been plenty of all-female teams. There's plenty of been plenty of Volvo all-female teams, but um, you know we're the first one to put together a professional team specifically to do the Hobart race. And I think it's it's credit to everyone who's done it before us. And the really cool thing was I had a huge field of people to choose from. Yeah. Unfortunately, we could only take 14, but. We got a we got a good pick of the crew. That's awesome. Well, good luck to you. I know you've got to go and do plenty of other jobs before your first race tomorrow. But we'll be out there, and um, and we wish you all the best. Thanks a lot, Nick. You're very welcome. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. You can see front and center in the frame there is the massive. Scallywag rib. It is an absolute piece of work. The briefing is finished and we are now pleasured by the company of none other than Mr. Sam Hunt. So Hello. nice to have you on the show. Thanks, Nick. Hi. Uh, good morning. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, sailing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might talk a bit about, a bit about sailing. So. That's, I think that's what we usually do. But you're going south with Guaylo, one of the newer TP52s to Australia. Indeed. Um, the guys that own the boat, two guys, Matt and Chris, they purchased it in July. Uh, we've done the Gold Coast race and all the Blue Water races. Had a good lead up. We're feeling good about the race. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you've done Hobart just a few times. Yeah, this will be my 25th race. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, come up relatively quickly. Because uh, how old are you? Am I allowed to ask that? Yeah, I'm 44, so I did my first race when I was 19 with Roger Hickman. We happened to win that race in 1993, so yeah, it's a pretty uh, good celebration this time. So yeah, absolutely, we we do love Hicko. It's good to think of him at this time of year as well. Um, and I mean, it's 20 years as well since the 1998 Hobart, and you have some pretty amazing memories of that Hobart. Yeah, Nick, I was on um, a boat called Sword of Orion, and uh, we had retired from the race on the first afternoon, on the 27th, uh, on the way back to Eden, we got rolled over upside down and we unfortunately lost a crewman, uh, Glyn Charles. So yeah, that's, it's hard to believe it's 20 years ago, but there's been a lot of races since then. So we've learnt a lot from that race and uh, 
yeah, just, we all, we're always thinking about those sailors, but uh, yeah, it's uh, this race is going to be a little bit special with the commemoration of that anniversary. Absolutely, and just as you were speaking, we're talking about commemorating the uh, horn sounded on the start boat. They are docking out, and that just tells you, as you said, there's another race to come, and there's lots in front of you at the moment. Exactly right. Um, it looks amazing, the weather today. It's going to be a beautiful day for the start, so it's exciting. Absolutely. Now, um, 25 Hobarts, obviously the Hobart means something to you, even with the 1998. Um, I mean, what is it about the Rolex Sydney Hobart that makes it so special? Um, I think my dad used to do the race, so I've grown up with it when I was young. Um, you know, and just when I was at school at, on the side of the harbour, I would look out at the boats getting ready for the race, not doing my schoolwork. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of ended up getting into the race through Roger Hickman and, and, and some other friends around the waterfront. And uh, I made it a, a job for a while, a few years in my life. So, yeah, it's been a big part of my life and it continues to be. So. An amazing legacy that Hickos left, but also your family. And, I mean, sailing is such a family sport. Exactly right. So my sister and my brother have both done the race. Sister's just over there. Hi, Soph. <laughs> and um, my, my, her kids are setting off to do some racing down in Devonport at the Optimus or 420s, I think. So, yeah, so it's, it's a family affair, definitely. Absolutely. And Guaylo, you mentioned um, some new owners, the team on board. You've sailed with a few of them before. Yes, I've sailed with Adam Brown um, and a few of the other guys before. Brownie was on the Sealed of Orion in 98. And, you know, we've got a really skilled crew from the Balance and the Quest program, Michael Green and, um, you know, Donnie McPhee and some other, you know, Clinton Evans and just too many to name, but some really good, really good guys, really confident about the race. Absolutely. And do you think maybe that you guys are the, the dark horse in this race, so to speak? I'd say I'd say it's open to any of the boats in our fleet. I'm, I think Ichiban has been talked up a bit and they're certainly competitive and they've got a good track record. But I think with the uncertainty of the weather on the afternoon of the 28th in, down at Tasman Island, it could, it's anyone's race. But I th yeah, it's, uh, it's just a good forecast for the fleet. Very safe. It should be a safe race. Yeah. And that's what we all want at the end of the day, really, is a safe race, good fun, and, um, and then a few beers in Hobart when we get there. Exactly right. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's great to have Sammy on the show. Uh, we're going to go to an interview now. I think we'll go, hmm, what will we do? I think we'll go to Ed Soltis, um, mostly because the start boat just left. His dad, Ed Soltis's dad, is 92 years old, and he's firing the 10-minute warning gun today. Unreal. How cool is that? Unreal. Very cool. <laughs> And, um, and again, everyone, it's so nice to have you all here joining us today. Let's um, clock into this interview with Ed Saltis, who's also done just a few Hobarts. <laughs> this is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Still at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. It feels like I live here. Um, and no stranger to the CYC as well is Ed Saltis. Ed, how are you going? Yeah, good, good, thanks. I'm getting nervous about the race. I always get nervous for this bloody race. It's, it, it can be a tough one. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, it can be a tough one, but you're no stranger. How many Hobarts are we coming up for? Uh, this is my 37th now. I was going to resign, retire at 35. I tried and failed, so <laughs> back into the fray again. Silly bugger that I am. Yeah, and then the boat that you're going south on, I mean, an old favourite of yours. Yeah, look, uh, I've owned several Midnight Ramblers now. This one is a bit less sexy, dare I say, but it's a good boat. It's fast for its handicap, you know. It's got a very low rating, and it's all about just sailing better than your handicap. So, you know, she's a Sydney 36, um, very solid offshore boat. 
uh, upwinds are forte. This race is downwind, so that's a shame. But anyway, we'll, we'll see how we go. you just got to take it as it comes and everything can change, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Look, when, when I say it's downwind, there, there's some light patches as well in the race. So if that happens and the big boats park and we come down on them, who knows? Yeah. Now, 37 Hobart's, obviously it's quite ingrained with, with you, but it's a family thing too, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is. Uh, it's almost religious with our family. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff, really. My old man has done, Bill Soldis has done 22. He's, he's pu pulling the warning gun this year, the warning cannon, which is a huge honour for him. So he'll be on the, on the starter's boat. I've got 89 on, my, on the bow of my boat, which is my father's sail number for yeah. those 22 years that he did the Hobart. So it's a very special number. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big family thing for sure. It's funny sailing, isn't it? I think it's really one of those sports, maybe the only sport, dare I say, where you can spend so much time sailing with your family. It is, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm still, I'd like to think, reasonably competitive, and I'm not, I'm uh, a bit... <laughs> You're bloody competitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, my crew are a bit old as well, but, you know, we, we, we uh, have our day and we get things right. So it, it's a sport you can keep doing beyond when you're, you know, your, your, your physical prime, and I'm certainly beyond my physical prime. But family as well. I've had my son did two Hobarts with me on a previous Midnight Rambler. That was fantastic. So I did my first three with my old man. My son did his first two with me. You know, that's that's pretty special, I think. It is absolutely special. I've sailed a lot with my dad, and there really is nothing like it. And I know he's sailed with his dad. Do you do you know do you know why that is that we get so attached to this race and you know doing it with family? I mean, what is it? Yeah, look, it's a funny thing. With with, with Ben, my first son, uh, I was always a grumpy old father, grumpy old man, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, fair, I hate, but grumpy. You've mellowed. I've mellowed a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but coming home from Hobart, and, and uh, he, he did two Hobarts also, yeah. both my sons came home from Hobart with me twice when they were younger, 16 and 17, and I was never closer to the three, the, the, to the, the, the three of us were never yeah. closer, it was just, we just got on well, it, it's, it's a real equaliser, there's no father-son thing, we're on a boat, we're sailing, there's jobs to do, food to eat, you know, get from A to B across Bass Strait, we were, we, we had great conversations that I just wouldn't have had otherwise with them. So we were really close for those times. Yeah, I love that. I love that about sailing the community and the, and the adopted family members that you have, because I know that you've got some crew on board that you've sailed with a bit as well. Yes, yeah, we've been together, geez, some, some of them for so many years. Uh, Michael Benzik, uh, 30 years, Chris Rockle, 24 years or something crazy. Yeah. Crazy numbers. We've done all, all sorts of races, Lord Howe's, Sort of Southports, Malulabars, Hobarts. We did the Auckland Fiji race with this same mob, the same bunch. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've, we've we've been through some thick and thin times, but a lot of fun. Now, this is the thing about sailing; it's just mateship, and I don't, I don't mean you know, males. I mean mateship, male, female, oh, no, just I, you know, friends. You know, yeah, no, no. Um, and uh, we, we, I have some great mates, and it's just it's just good fun. It is know? absolutely good fun. Well, I'm very excited to um to follow you guys on Boxing Day, and I do think you might have a crack if you get that little subtly a bit sooner than you think. Well, you never know. Thanks for thanks for thinking about us. <laughs> time will tell. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm always hopeful. Yeah. And then, of course, your dad firing that gun. I mean, that that might give you a little bit of extra motivation on Boxing Day. Oh, it'll be a pretty emotional day on Boxing Day for me and and for him. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be special. Really special. Absolutely. Yeah. Good luck. Good. Thank you. Ta. History, history, history. I mean, there's just so much going on behind the scenes for the Rolex Sydney Hobart. Welcome back. My name's Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl, and here you can see the dock really filling up. It is quite a contrast to what we saw earlier today when we were live. And, um, and now here we are <laughs> back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. I have with me Piers, who's just flown in from the UK to fly with Primitive Cool Fly. 
You've just yeah. flown in yeah. to start with Primitive Cool. I'm on fire. How are you going? Yeah, well, thank you, Nick. Yeah. Well, I think the last time I saw you was at the Fastnet. I think it would have been, yeah, and I was maybe a little bit worse aware <laughs> 12 hours after the finish. Yeah, absolutely. You were on fire, actually. Um, this one couldn't drive the Maverick team truck home from the Fastnet and had to find somebody else. No, I didn't have to. I just had to wait 12 hours to, <laughs> to get that one squared away. Yeah, that was absolutely entertaining. Now, these guys, Primitive Cool, I think they have almost the best fun in the fleet. And I did an interview with your skipper. You, you won't have seen this yet, but it's bloody hilarious. I did an interview with your skipper and Suds. You know Suds. And I know, yeah, Suds very well. Well, this is obviously my third Hobart with Primitive Cool. Yeah. So, um, no, it's great to be with them. And Suds, Suds and all the team are a lot of good fun. That's why I keep coming back. They are hilarious. Yeah. So um, you can watch this interview with me now. And, and this just shows you some of the texture within the fleet. Yes, we have champions. Yes, we have family members. Yes, we have history. But we're also here to have a good time. So here's my interview with John Newbold and um, featuring Suds. Uh, just have a look at this one. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl, just casually sitting on the bowsprit of Primitive Cool with the owner, Skipper John and Dave as well, um, who's providing some great ballast here. What are we doing? Uh, we're tightening up the bobstay, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know, we're just sitting here for no good reason. <laughs> I saw these guys sitting on the, um, on the, on the bowsprit. What's, what are we doing? Sitting like pelicans. On Sitting like pelicans, awesome. John, you're, you've come up again from Victoria, ready to go south. We have, yes, we've come up again and uh, we've done just done the Blue Water Point score at CYCA, which has been great and a good lead up for us because we don't get a lot of 50-foot racing in Melbourne, so it's been terrific over the last uh, six months. Yeah, I mean, arg arguably the 50-foot range in the Rolex Sydney Hobart, and even not arguably, it is the most competitive length you know, division effectively. You've got a few boats to beat. We do. Uh, look, probably setting ourselves apart a little bit from the TPs, who are obviously the ones to beat. Mm. Having said that, we get the right set of conditions. Uh, who knows, we can upset them. Yeah, heavy blow, we'll be right. Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit about Primitive Cool, just so that those know that you're not a TP52. Well, it's a, it's a Reichel Pew 51. It was uh, originally secret men's business, for which I have one of their old caps here, as you can see. I oh, know I've got a Primitive Cool you cap. Got a Primitive Cool cap. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, it's a... It's Good placement, though. A, it was a secret men's business, which won the Hobart as a new boat in 2010. Uh, we had a good run in 2015 when we finished fourth and weren't too far off the winnings, winning post. So, yeah, she can she can upset the TPs on its day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's looking like a bit of a downwinder, though, which may not suit you. No, it doesn't help us greatly. We would have liked uh, 25 knot reach would have been nice for us and uh, we might have been thereabouts, but... We'll be in there having good fun, that's the main thing. Absolutely, and Victoria represent. Yes, that's right, we're representing Vicks again, yes, and uh, we don't go down lightly either, Nick, let me tell you. Oh, I know you don't, and I, do you know why I love you guys? Why? I'm only human. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because your lovely wife always has a glass of bubbles for me when that's I'm most right. stressed in Hobart. Oh, she needs someone to drink with, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has plenty of friends to drink with, I'm just very lucky that you guys are just so hospitable, um, and you're going to have a good run south. I'm not going. I'm just pit crew. You're literally just sitting here on the sprit, sprit randomly. Yeah. yeah. Like a pelican. Like a pelican. <laughs> Thank you. Like, <laughs> gentlemen. Signing out. <laughs>
This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl with Mark Richards Rico. Oh, I feel like we've done this a few times. It's um, Groundhog Day. Yeah, it is. It sure is. It comes around quick. But anyway, here we are. Yeah, two days out for the Hobart, and it's yeah, an exciting forecast. And I think it's going to be a great race for a suntan. Yeah, it, it could be. It's looking like the slowest one in a few years, which is great news for me. I may actually get to sleep and not rush to yeah. get there. I was racing you last year. No, that's right. I'm not sure how slow it'll be. I mean, it's a Norris forecast, and there's a few things that could actually make it windier than what the forecast is saying. So it could end up being a fast one. We'll see. Okay. Well, you know, it's sort of looking like your conditions are a little bit fluky, able to take, um, you know, opportunities when you can. Yeah, look, I mean... There's five fantastic boats in the race. They're all going to be very well sailed. So, obviously, you know, it's not going to be that easy. But it's, um, look, you know, we've got some fantastic new north sails this year. Um, they've done an amazing job with our downwind sort of wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the boat's going faster than it's ever gone before, you know, in downwind conditions. So, obviously, the forecast is good for us in that regard. Um, but, you know, it's really exciting. And, you know, I just can't wait to get out there. I bet you can't wait to get out there because there's so much preamble sometimes. And everyone forgets that we're just sailors who want to go yachting. Yeah, look, it's like my four-year-old, you know, grandson waiting for Christmas today. He just can't wait. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the day out. I'm, I'm, I can't wait till Hobart. So that's why I always say happy Hobart Eve Eve. It's not Christmas yeah. Eve. It's all about Hobart for us. But maybe not for you with a four-year-old grandson. Yeah, that's gorgeous. No, that's right. And it's all good fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know um, I have to say thank you to you um, this year because on that note of being a sailor, we're in the lift at Hamilton Island Race Week this year, which is one of my favourite uh, races and I know one of yours as well. And we're in the lift and you said to me, oh, and I said, you look so happy, Rico. And you said, I'm going yachting today. Of course I'm happy. And I went, oh, I'm jealous. And then before I knew it, I had a text and you took me sailing. So thank you for that and for understanding. That was a good day. Good day's yachting. Yeah, that was an absolutely brilliant day's yachting. So um, I know that you've had a, a tough few, three years in the Hobart yeah. um, and you want to come good. Yeah, look, I mean, it's sport. Um, you know, the same thing happened this year. You can hit it, you know, you can hit sunfish there's so many things that can still go wrong in a race so um and the Hobart's notorious for that sort of stuff so but, you know preparation this year has been awesome the guys have done a fantastic job everyone's in a really good you know headspace and um you know i think yeah just get out there and do our best that's all you can do that is all you can do i was going to say that exactly and um you know you've got your usual team on board as well you've done so many great things together and i know that the oatley family will be cheering you on the whole way yeah no it's exciting thanks nix yeah totally welcome yeah, See yeah. okay And here we are back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Oh my gosh, behind me, everyone is just leaving after the briefing and a few little media uh, box pops up here with everybody. So I've just been saying hello. I love this part of the sport as well, catching up with everybody. We just heard from Mark Richards there from the Big Boats now. I do have um, 30 interviews today, guys, and only four with Big Boats. Five with Big Boats, actually, because I spoke to KP from Infotrack. So I hope you've enjoyed the coverage so far. I'll have to run through the list in just a little while for you, but there's been absolutely uh, a great great feedback from you guys too so thank you all for watching and remember to share because the further this um, coverage reaches then the, the more I can do for you guys all the way around the world so um, again just awesome to be here though and it's so good when everything works when all your hard work can pay off as well it's the best Christmas present that a sailor girl could ask for so what are we going to do now I think um, we're going to go straight into an interview with Mark Bradford that I did from Blackjack I like to do those guys back to back and, um, and, and you can see the comparison and just the, the professionalism of these guys when they approach their sports. So there's so many different angles that we've looked at today. Family, history, of course the 1998 Hobart as well and we are commemorating that today. So um, I, I think that there will definitely be a minute's silence on most boats that are heading south.
And it's just a massive part and legacy of this race. And everybody that we've spoken today talks about the positive legacy of that race and how it's helped them to move on. And a big thanks to Sammy Hunt for joining us and talking about his experience with um, Sword of Orion. And if Mark Cavell is watching, I know he was best friends with Glyn Charles. And if any of Glyn Charles' family are watching, uh, you know, along with the other lives that were lost, we're, we're thinking of you. And, and, um, and, and it is amazing how much the sport has changed for the better because of the 1998 Hobart. But here's my interview with Mark Squark Bradford. He's on board with Blackjack, the sister ship to Wild Oats. So they are very different now with the modifications that they've all had over the years and they are really pushing the boundaries. But it was great to talk to Mark about how, uh, you know, so many changes happen, but... Uh, more changes happen because with these assets, as he calls them, with a hundred footer, you, you know, you can't buy a new boat every year. So you have to change, you have to modify, you have to really push these boats because buying a new one is just really not an option at that size. Here we go, Squark. The forecast looks all right for you guys. Yeah, look, uh, I think, um, you know, I've been saying this to anyone that's prepared to listen. Um, last year's forecast was a speed race mm. for assets that go fast. This year's forecast is uh, for transitions uh, and a true sailing team with some depth that's going to come through this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it looks quite similar, actually, to the Sydney to Gold Coast race. You guys came home pretty strong there. Are you feeling confident? Oh look, uh, yeah. Look in the in the Gold Coast race, which is you know, a whole different kettle of fish to this. Firstly, uh, it's only 300 nautical miles. This is six, <laughs> uh, so you, uh, and the transition happened to be at the end of that race. Mm. This time, there's going to be an opportunity in the middle for us mm. to get strong or stronger or catch up, maybe mm. whatever the case may be. Uh, in terms of confident, you can only do what you do. Mm. I don't think we could do any better in our preparation than we have done. Um, We'll know about our weaknesses on the 29th or 30th. I'm sure that, Clark, you'll point it out to us in the pub at the other end. But, um, I was going to say, Veers will fix that. Yeah, that's right. The truth, the truth serum will come out. But, no, I think uh, our preparation, our crew, um, you know, we're a technical sailing team with professional sailors and a professional approach, and I think we're achieving that goal. It's, um, it's quite interesting. I've spoken to most of the maxi skippers and teams across the board and there's so many people that think they've prepared better than they've ever prepared. Do you think that's a reflection on the standard of the sport lifting? Look, I think it's two things. I think um, the, the standards for sure lifting. Mm. I think that, um, but largely what happens is the boats aren't getting replaced every year mm. uh, because they're such expensive assets. So uh, every year the changes you make you can achieve within probably six months, whereas a new build's probably an 18-month type project from inception to being in the water. So uh, what we're doing is updating older assets all the time, yep. and so that's why everyone feels like their preparation is better than ever because it's not like it's a wholesale change. Yeah, cool. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. And then for you guys, what, what modifications then have you made in the, in the last little while? Oh, for sure our boat was uh, lacking riding moments, so we've really pushed to increase that. Um, so that's been our big driver this year. Um, and just how we trim the boat fore and aft and, and those sorts of things have been really a big part of the hydro yep. thing. But then aero this year, reaching struts have really come online as a standard feature in these boats and, and all the boats have changed their sail configurations to yep. suit that. Yeah, cool. So what have you changed in terms of um, your sail configuration? So there's a thing now called a J0 that you can buy from North Sales. Did I mention North Sales? <laughs> um, that's a, a short foot masthead zero. Um, it goes on the reaching strut. 
and it's born out of the Volvo and triple heading. And so the concept is you build up your area with tall skinny sails rather than a big long-footed sail. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, well, good luck to you. I know you guys, as you said, have put in a lot of work. You've got um, Brad Butterworth, Knocker, Will McCarthy, like all your guys in the middle, Clarkie, really strong team. And I know that you guys are really good mates too. Yeah, look, uh, I think we've, we've got a pretty strong team for the water side of it. I'm, I'm confident we've got the best team for the land side of it at the other end. I challenge any team to take us on on the land. But uh, look, yeah, it's been a long project for us. Pete and I have been together for 10 years and, uh, you know, I think we're in good shape. Good luck to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi guys, welcome back to the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. My name is Nick Douglas. For Adventures of a Sailor Girl, we are live at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia this morning. Hope you've enjoyed our interview so far. We've been lucky enough to talk to so many people all the way through the fleet and we've just started getting into our maxis. We've spoken to Shane Kearns this morning live. He owns um, a little SNS, Kimatsu Ajuru. We've had a few TP52 sailors drop in. Fittingly, because that is the largest type of boat in the fleet today, um, but I think we might have another look at one of our international visitors. We have with us here this year Teasing Machine, Eric de Turkheim, uh, amazing program. I was on the dock at the Fastnet in 2015, I think, when they had a, a little bit of a, a good time over there. So here we go with Teasing Machine, awesome, awesome boat, an XP, very quick as well, and who knows what will happen with this forecast. Speaking of the forecast, we will have an update direct from the weather briefing to you very shortly and a little bit of a run over of the course. See you soon. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. We're at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. The countdown is on and I have with me Eric and Laurence, arguably on one of the favourites of the race, Teasing Machine. Eric, he, he lifts his eyebrows. You're underselling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have you in Australia. Very nice to be here. It's uh, very nice to be here for the second time mm -hmm. on Sydney Hobart. Uh, you know, uh, as a kid you were dreaming of doing Sydney Hobart. Now doing two is uh, it's a great achievement. It's fantastic. Excellent. Now, Lawrence, you've done quite a bit of ocean racing yourself. Your second Sydney Hobart too, but your first with Eric. Are you excited? Very excited. I mean, it's uh, it's part of a global project. Teasing Machine is a is a is a racing program uh, with a with a bunch of very good guys and very good sailors, and uh, to be together here in Sydney, um, it's just a, a fantastic chance. So. Yeah, at least we've put the weather on for you today. Yesterday was not so good. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> And um, I mean, bringing the boat all the way from France is no no mean feat. No, it is. Uh, it is quite a, um, a big a big organization uh, to bring the boat uh, on a container ship. Uh, but it's so it's okay. It's it's doable. Excellent. Now, the last time that I saw you, Eric, was at the end of the Fastnet race. You're no stranger to big races, but you said the Hobart is is a dream for you. It's always been a dream. I mean, uh, because because of the of the of the of the type of race uh, with Bath Strait, uh, the the river at the end, you know, it's 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 a bit, it's it's for competitors, but you always have a little bit of a lottery in there as well. Is that what you like about uh, about um, you know ocean racing, Lawrence? You seem to do quite a bit of it. Is that that luck element as well? <laughs> well, luck element is everywhere somehow, but uh, that's something you can't rely on. So so basically, it's uh, it's it has to also to be taken as a challenge any time. 
in any situation. You get to deal with things and to get sorted as best as you can together because the best way to get uh, out of the worst situation is to keep together, keep strong, and keep pushing. Uh, so Sinobart is definitely the type of phrase that uh, if, you, if you give it up somehow a little bit on the way, I mean, not sure you'll be figure well in the end. So, so stay together and, and sail strong, sail fast. That's a, that's a real motion for this race. Absolutely. And you've done a little bit of training this week. How, how is the team feeling? The team is great. I mean, uh, both is uh, in good shape and the team as well. Everyone is extremely motivated, very excited to, to be on the race start on Boxing Day. And, uh, and I'm sure the team, the whole team and uh, also family and fans following us will be 100% on on Wednesday. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I guess we'll see you in Hobart, but how, how do you rate your chances, Eric? Well, you know, when you start a race, uh, you always have a chance. Uh, as I said, uh, at this stage, uh, we look like a lot of uh, VMG-type uh, uh, conditions, which is not, doesn't favor us uh, as much as other conditions. So, but we'll see, you know. Uh, Wednesday is still a long way, uh, and uh, there can be some changes, and uh, we'll see. It's a race, and uh, it's always open. Absolutely, and it's just lovely to have you guys here, you know, creating some more depth of field and, and bringing everything that Teasing Machine has to offer. Speaking of Teasing Machine, you mentioned it just in there, and I've heard the story before about, about the girls, but I'm going to have to show you my logo after this interview that will be in the top corner when this goes up. You're going to love it. I think you're going to really like my, my logo. Okay, All right. I'll look forward to it. I'll show it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you guys will know what I mean, but tell us the story about Teasing Machine and the girls that are always on, on the boat. Well, as I said uh, earlier on, I mean, uh, uh, it's coming from the name of a bar in uh, uh, a strip bar in uh, in Key West called the Teaser, and um, so when we were looking for a name for uh, our boat, you know, it came it came almost naturally, uh, teasing machine. Uh, there was a, a, another bar called the Red, but an English guy had already called his, named this boat the Red, so uh, you know that was teasing machine, and that's why we we. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul Lawrence looks like he's heard this story about a million times. Uh, I don't know, but uh, to be honest, I was not there yet at that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> so he just has to put up with it. Oh, well, it's lovely to see you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and everybody. We're back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. It's an absolutely glamorous day, as you can see down here at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. The docks are filling up. Boat calls are starting to happen. And I think the last of the interviews are just happening. You can see Stacey Jackson, and it was great to see her interviews earlier in that pre-record. She's with Julie Bishop over in the corner. Julie Bishop's actually jumping off her boat today. But let's bring in this frame of view, because sitting next to me, lucky enough to have Seb Bomb. It's awesome to have you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. But you headed down to Adelaide? I did, I did. Uh, Julie was actually on the on the flight uh, last night. <laughs> really? Uh, from Adelaide, so we saw her. She, she was uh, getting ready for the race. Yep. And um, yeah, we got in about 8.30 last night, so Perfect. Ready, ready for racing today. Ready to go. Now, Smuggler, no stranger to a lot of fans. <laughs> you have lots of fans. Yeah, yeah, no, we do. We've got, uh, you know, we got a great uh, group of people that, you know, help um, do whatever they can, sailing, off, you know, onshore, offshore. Uh, best, you know, great shore crew, great sailing crew. So no, it's really good. Ab absolutely, and you've had a fantastic year too. It's been been great. We started off uh, last year's Hobart. We got a six overall, which was our best result. Um, 
so far, and uh, that was my fifth fifth attempt, and then this will be our sixth sixth go. But then we also won the Sydney to Namia race, which was a which was a great achievement, and um, that was really good for the whole team. Uh, you know, it was a big morale booster for the crew and everybody, and uh, and the short crew. So that no, was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and so many people cheering for you every race that you do. Um, you, you guys are really tight knit unit. What do you think that is? Just the time together, or? Yeah, I think it's the time together. Um, you know, we're pretty pretty young sort of crew, pretty relaxed. Um, you know, we welcome anybody basically. Anyone's coming down the dock, you know, can get a race in the twilight or whatever. And and um, we're uh, you know racing every week and every twilight and. We do all the races that CYC puts yeah. on, basically, so we just love being out there. You really do. I mean, it's funny because a lot of the major racing yachts don't do the week-by-week -week stuff, but we see you out on Wednesdays, we see you out on Fridays. We try to beat you as much as we can, but when I say we, I say with my lovely friend Janie on a far 40, so we're yeah. sort of similarly paced. Yeah. Not quite. We've got to try and keep up with you. Well, <laughs> in the light stuff, you guys are usually in front of us, but uh, uh, but no, I mean, you sail that boat very well with uh, with Janie, and um, yeah, no, we just... just not sure what else we'd be doing really we just want to be out there so it's really really good fun absolutely it's funny a lot of the people that i've spoken to today they're like you know it's just it's just part of my fabric it's just part of who i am exactly that's that's how we feel we're just like oh are we going to do all the series this year and we're like oh and then we're like no nah, we just got to do it we're just what else are we going to do what else are we going to do i know and, and you know in 10 years time we'll probably still be sitting here having a chat and a laugh <laughs> exactly and hopefully it'll be beautiful as it is today it's amazing absolute glamour now talk to me about the boat and the conditions and how it's going to suit you for this race uh the boat's uh, in great shape uh, you know because we um race every week and do all the blue waters and everything it's um it's been you know uh we haven't had to do anything and it's been kind of almost a bit odd that we haven't had any problems and touch wood you know nothing will happen in the race because of that but the boats you know sam price looks after the boat and, and justine anson and they just do such an incredible shout out shout out <laughs> Incredible job of just making sure the boat's just uh, in perfect condition every week. And, um, yeah, so no, the uh, conditions this hard running on the first night is going to be good for us. We, we, that's how, you know, we did really well last year with, with the hard running conditions all the way. And to Namir. And to Namir, same, same thing. Um, so we like that heavy, you know, 25 to 30 knots behind us. So hopefully that'll stay in for as long as possible. And then, uh, who knows, in Bass Strait, just got to get through that hole across the middle of it. And um, hopefully we'll get some nice breeze on the other side. But... Yeah, it's hard to tell how we're going to, you know, how we're going to do this year, but hopefully we'll hopefully be number one. <laughs> Absolutely, I know that's always the goal. But we'll be speaking to you throughout the race as well. I'm I'm lucky to be working with the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia this year, and I'll be calling quite a few of the boats to bring you guys up to the minute information of what's happening. And and it's so nice that you guys have offered to do that. Oh, no worries. That's uh, yeah, I'll be down there. So I'll, if I hear the phone ring, I'll pick it up and uh, have a chat. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so no, we're just gonna we're gonna launch it. That's our sort of motto, and uh, we'll just see in Hobart. <laughs> launch it um, in more ways than one, because I know that you guys will have a great party when you get there. But also, um, you're known for the music that you play on your phone as well. <laughs> Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Well, um, I've played in bands all my life, and you know we we love uh, love listening to loud music. That was the first thing uh, we we um, we did when we bought the boat was. Uh, improve the stereo so um, you can usually hear us leaving the dock that's for sure yeah they don't need an AIS beacon on this boat because you can just hear them coming <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah we, hopefully it's not uh, rattling any, any um, nuts and bolts <laughs> apart on the boat but it's so far so good so far so good awesome well let's go back to this absolutely stunning view that we have of the CYC today guys you can see it's just an absolute glamour of a day and it's been my pleasure to have 
uh, Mr. Seb Bomb here with us. But what we might do now is go to another interview. We've got a few pre-records to go as we head into the start. Let's have a little bit of a look at this nice quick one with Bowie, Jeff Boship from another CYC regular. It is the awesome Patrice. Awesome to have you with us here, guys. My name is Nick Douglas for Adventures with Sally Girl. Thanks, Seb. And um, good luck. Thank you very much. See you guys. Very welcome. Here's our interview with Bowie. I'm here with Bowie. Now, we're about to do the Hobart again. Yeah. And last year, do you want to tell me what happened when you were on the dock in Hobart? It was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. So um, the plan was proposed to my now beautiful wife, Paula, um, which I got the job done. She twice had to change her flight and port it forward due to a particularly fast run that we had. Um, but thank goodness she was there for me to drop the knee on the dock. Otherwise, I had to do it in Customs House, and it wouldn't have been quite so romantic. Definitely wouldn't have been romantic, but you're, you're clearly a diehard to, you know, to propose to her on the dock. Why, why did you choose that moment? Oh, it's, it's just such a big part of my life um, for, for such a long time. And um, from the moment we met, Paul has been coming down to, to meet me on the dock and it just um, it was just a no-brainer. I'm glad, glad, it, glad it, it went well. Yeah. It absolutely went well. And you're going with Patrice, looking good for you, the forecast. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to really good. Still a few things to, um, to align and, and settle down, but... Um, it's not going to be a flat-out sprint. Uh, it's going to be some stopping and starting. Uh, fleet's going to compress. The big boats won't get too far in front. Um, just got to get those transitions right, try and be launched out of those and, and um, set ourselves up for the, for the back part of the race. But you do like downwind. I mean, Patrice is a curve. Yeah, no, she, 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 she sails really well, certainly to a rating um, downwind. So the 52s won't be too far in front of us. Um, and just got to hang on to them through those transitions. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck to you guys. It's nice to see you back again. And um, I know that you won't be doing what you did last year on the dock, <laughs> but hopefully you have a good result. Yeah, hopefully I'm celebrating a good, a good run. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. Absolutely gorgeous views, as you can see here. Typical, typical Sydney day. And, um, and sitting next to me right now, I have my weather guru slash skipper slash managing director slash father, your poor soul. Merry Christmas, Nick. Haven't seen you since this morning. Haven't seen you since five minutes ago. But you went up to the weather briefing for us all. Here's a little bit of a, a meteoro guru. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what's happening? And if you can't read this, you're, um, you're like most of us, can't read his writing. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to be a guru because the bomb has laid it all out in great detail for everybody. Um, and all I can say is what a glamour starting um, setup we're going to have. Beautiful nor'easter coming down the harbour. Um, turn right, set a kite, and off you go. Um, so yeah, today get up to maybe 15 to 20 uh, nor'east sea breeze in the afternoon. And so they'll be rocketing down the coast. And then what helps the little boats and some of the mid boats is there's a, a trough that's holding things up at the moment. So it gets lighter the further you go down the coast, the big boats start to slow up and the little boats keep going in what's left over of a gradient northerly overnight and into tomorrow. Um, and then it gets wishy-washy after that. So the trough disappears. We get a light uh, to medium northerly down the New South Wales coast. It gets lighter and lighter and lighter as you get down to, the, to uh, Tassie. And uh, 
the new front doesn't come through until Saturday. So get super wishy-washy through Friday and, uh, yeah, things are going to get a little bit slow. Yeah, a little bit slow and, and those that can keep their boats moving um, are, are going to prevail. So on that note, what we're going to do now is just bring in the course so that we can have a little bit of a look at it and we'll, um, we'll talk you through this, everybody. Here we go. So the Rolex Sydney Hobart, we're in beautiful Sydney, Australia, as you can see from this lovely animation. Thank you, Google Maps. The start is just off Steel Point, as you can see where that little pin is, and then they will head up to the first turning mark in a nor'easter. It could be a two-sail, it could be a bit of a beat, maybe a long and a short. They'll come around that first turning mark and then around the second turning mark and probably start flying their massive A-sails given the current conditions. From there, as Rob mentioned, they'll head down the coast and the next real point of content that everybody knows about is Bass Strait. And Bass Strait is where we could see a real concertina, basically, is what you're saying, Rob. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, going to get wishy-washy in there as we get, um, you know, the, the trough disappearing. You've got a gradient northerly and... You know, and then it's the Derwent, mm -hmm. then all the way down the coast of, of Tassie and around into the Derwent, which most know as the, as the biggest shutdown period. But we could have a shutdown in Bass Strait and then on to the finish right there in Hobart. So, yeah, very, very tricky race um, to be sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's often hard to predict, but we, we just do what we can in, in sailing. And, you know, thanks for going to the weather briefing. You got to see a few people, though. That was easy. This, yeah, this, that's chockers. Well, of course it is, because all the skippers have to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a nice little note, there will be a memorial um, around the start period, um, one of the questions at the briefing. There will be a memorial for the 1998 uh, um, participants. So a nice finish to a weather briefing. Yeah, that is a lovely finish. And speaking of that, what we might do now is um, pull in a pre-record that I did with Jane... Golding, who many might know as a meteorologist who's been involved with this race for quite a long time. She was involved with the Bureau during the 1998 Hobart and it was lovely to talk to her about how things have changed and we talk about good things coming out of tragedy and she you know, speaks in this interview quite candidly, it was lovely, um, about how things have changed and developed in terms of weather prediction as well to make sure that everybody's doing their best they can to make sure that our sport is as safe as possible given we're all such passionate diehards. <laughs> so here's Jane from the Bureau. I'm here with Jane from the Bureau of Meteorology. Still a few days to go, but looking like another great race south this year. Yeah, the current indications, not too dissimilar to what we've seen in the past few years. Yeah. Could change, obviously, but, uh, and it is changing. But, yeah, there is a hint of a pretty good northeasterly. Absolutely. Now, for the past few years, we've seen record-breaking conditions. Is that because weather patterns have changed at this time of year? I mean, less southerly France, more nor'easters. What, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure it's because weather patterns yeah. have, have changed. The last few years we have seen a northeasterly, but yeah. that's just kind of the luck of the draw, I think. Yeah. We, we do see them this time of year. We normally normally see a subtly change in the vicinity of Christmas to New Year period, so not sure if it's related to the wind. The <laughs> oh, wind I don't change. need to talk about climate change. Everybody just goes, gosh, you know, we're never going to have another year like this, and now we sort of seem to have three in a row. Yeah, well, there are strong ties, climate change ties to uh, temperature. There you go. So, 
Yeah, I guess it's probably all tied up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've been doing the weather briefings for quite a number of years. I know Simon was helping out today as well. But, I mean, it's 20 years on since 1998, and I, I hate talking about it because it's one of the first Hobarts I remember. Um, we're not going to expect anything like that this year, but it just shows you how strong the weather is and how much it impacts our sport. Yeah, that's right. So the, you know, the weather behind that tragedy, um, we see those those kind of lows up and down the New South Wales coast every couple of years. Um, this year, thankfully, it's not looking like that. And do you think that um, things would be different now, 20 years on, in terms of your warnings? I mean, I know you did everything you could at the time, but technology really helps you guys out now. Technology does, and we learnt a lot from that race around um, how we communicate and the assumptions we make around how what we're saying is understood. So I'm not sure, um, so I forecast quite a few east coast lows yeah. up and down the coast and you always um, can give more detail, you go closer into the race as, you know, um, so for that race there was a lot, you know, there was, a, as there always is, there was a lot of variance, but what we, um, which I'm not sure wouldn't happen again, yeah. you know, we're always going to see uh, differences in the computer models which kind of bind you in the closer you get to the date so where the low is how intense it is what we have learned um, we've learned a lot around how we communicate so the streams the terminology the assumptions about how it's understood um, having really strong ties with the organizers of the race so we can get changing forecasts and warnings out really quickly to the people that need them yeah so uh, um, hopefully we never see anything like that again. If we do, um, our communication um, process is a lot more robust. Oh, absolutely. Everybody learns out of these situations and you can't predict them. And people laugh when we're at the briefing and you say, now this could be 10 knots stronger or 10 knots less or the wave height could be. And you give that variance because sometimes you're just not able to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, sometimes. And well, yeah, like down to the detail, yeah. absolutely. And the other thing is, is such a um, broad variability naturally in the wind, like, you know, the gusts that are coming through now. So um, e even just communicating the variability in a benign situation would kind of kind of make um, shortcuts. Yeah. So it's not information overload. Yeah, and then as as you mentioned, like you know, explaining the tail, the timing might change four yeah. days out. Yeah, and everyone giggles, but you guys are just doing the best you can. It's just a reality of forecasting the future. You know, if if uh, if it could be done, it would be done. Yeah, absolutely. But it is getting closer and closer. It is, and modelling's improving. So um, we've we've made a, a lot, uh, like the improvements in computer modelling. Um, has improved dramatically uh, in the last 20 years. Yeah. There's, there's still uh, little, there's still systems like tropical cyclones, east coast lows, um, thunderstorms that um, you'd still really got to be close to the event to pick the details. But um, just background with so many improvements. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking on the tough questions. Everyone thinks the sailors get the tough questions. I reckon you get the toughest. Um, but thanks for all the work that the Bureau is doing, um, looking after everybody out there as well. No problem. Thanks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, adventurers. I hope you're having a very merry festive season. It's lovely to be here at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. We're in full hive of activity now. The briefing is done. Everybody's starting to have their boat calls. And we are just loving 
sharing all of these interviews with you from right across the fleet. It's absolutely lovely to touch base with all of these amazing sailors and also professionals that are involved with the sport. You just saw an interview there with Jane Golding and she reflected with me on the 1998 Sydney Hobart, 20 years today since that Hobart commenced. And of course, we are remembering everyone who lost their lives and especially the the professionals that were involved in saving so many as well. Um, Just an absolutely incredible incredible um, thing to have to, to, to remember you know it's, it's just it's one of the first Sydney Hobarts that I remember it uh, obviously gave me a lot of memories as a young kid uh, I actually was in Ulladulla at the time and I remember dad taking me down to the harbour to take thermoses of tea and coffee to all of the yachts that were stranded in Ulladulla harbour which is on the coast uh, so you know early memories of what can go wrong in a yacht race and just how the weather does impact our sport and how we have to respect it. So we've um, had quite a few interviews this morning already. I, I think what we'll do now is is jump into another one um, with a, a boat that in particular is actually doing this Hobart to commemorate their family members and what their family uh, did for the 1998 Hobart. So uh, they've now chosen to sail again when maybe they didn't think that they would sail and sailing together as a family too which is just lovely so here is John Winning Jr or Herman Winning and he's sailing Winning Appliances to Hobart it is Kharkik 60. I'm here with Herman Winning in front of Winning Appliances. Um, you've managed to borrow this boat. Tell me a little bit about why you're heading to Hobart, Herman. Yeah, so I guess uh, I, I didn't think I was going to do the Hobart again. And as it came up and people were reminding me on the 20 years since the 98 Hobart, I thought it might be a good tribute to get a boat with a bunch of friends. It was always going to be the only only thing that was going to get me back into the race again. Although now I've done, uh, been doing the preparation, I'm getting a bit more excited. That being said, when I get to Hobart, maybe I'll remember how tough it was <laughs> and, and I'll think again. But uh, no, being able to do a, a boat with a bunch of friends and, and I'm you know, really excited to be able to do it with Dad as well, yeah. who's not getting any younger and uh, maybe I wouldn't have too many more years that I'd get a chance to do it with Woody, my dad. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to do it with Dad and, and a bunch of friends in honour of the those that passed in the 98 Hobart and a bit of a tribute to, to them. Yeah, because it, it is connected to you um, in terms of family, isn't it, the 1998 Hobart? Yeah, it is. My uh, uncle, I call him my uncle, my dad's cousin, Richard Winning, was the skipper of the Winston Churchill, and they lost three very good friends on board that boat, and they're three of the six that passed that year. So two of those were very, very close to my dad, one in which he calls, basically says, like, is like a brother, yeah. John Dean. And so we're still very close with that family, and we're going to go and do it in, in honour of them. Which is just lovely and, and nice to see, as you said, that you're with a bunch of um, friends and family. And, um, and great to see John jumping on the boat with you as well. But um, you've managed to borrow this boat, Kharkik 60. Yeah, it's a, it's a ripper. So Matt Allen, uh, we've got done a little deal to, to be able to borrow this boat. And, and yeah, couldn't be happier. The boat's in great shape. The crew have really done a good job looking after it before we've got it, got it over. And my, my crew have done a good job maintaining it and, and getting it up to speed. Couldn't be happier. We've got an amazing bunch of sailors that have all donated their time uh, where they otherwise could be making a lot of money uh, doing this race or other things. And so it's really great. We're going to have a big family Christmas with all of our orphans from overseas. Or orphans, I use that term uh, loosely as a bit of a joke. But uh, yeah, those that are, that are here from America and, and others in the crew away from their families and loved ones will uh, do a little Christmas before heading off on Boxing Day. Awesome. Well, um, 
you know, thanks for commemorating this. Um, um, you know, our love to your family and all those that lost friends and family in the 1998 Hobart as, as we remember it. And, and good luck to you. Looking good for 60 footers. Yeah, she'll be good, hopefully. We're, we're uh, quietly confident. Thanks so much. Cheers. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, adventurers. So great to have you here. You can see the scenes at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia coming quite packed. The media boats are starting to come into the pond, including the appliances online. Camera Cat, very timely given we just had the interview with John Winning Jr. or Herman Winning, who's sailing on winning appliances to Hobart in commemoration of their, their family members and the team that sailed in 1998 on Winston Churchill. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing stories coming out of this Hobart, as as they do every Hobart, but this one in particular where we're commemorating 1998. Uh, absolutely incredible. So we've run over the course. We've run over so many things. We've heard from females, families, uh, diehards galore, 42 Hobarts, 46 starts. Just The list just goes on and on and on. So I think what we'll do now is tune into one of our internationals, privateer, Cooks and 50. Awesome to have Ron O'Hanley here with us in Australia. And I also managed to catch up with some stalwarts of ocean racing yachting that are sailing with Ron O'Hanley on board privateer. They're out from Newport, Rhode Island. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl on the back of Privateer and it's awesome to see this boat down under. We have with us the owner Ron, Charlie and Tim Dawson. Nice to have you here Ron. Nice to be here. It's been a, a long time in coming. Yeah. It's been something that uh, at least I've been thinking about for a good part of my adult life so I'm glad to be here. Absolutely and with a, um, you know some great crew members too. Well yeah this is, a, with, this is our 12th year with the boat. Mm -hmm. uh, the core of the crew has been around for the whole time. Uh, we started out in New Zealand so it feels a little bit like we've come close to full circle. Close to full circle, awesome. And Tim, um, are you looking forward to heading south? Absolutely. Looks like you know, Ron said it's race for those of us not you know in America. We don't get down here all the time, so really looking forward to it and checking it off the bucket list for sure. Absolutely, and it's looking like your sort of mid-range weather. How, how you know what what are your expectations? <laughs> uh, we're you know ready for anything. I think we're happy to have it. You know, strong breezes suits the boat well, and but we're ready to take what comes at us for sure. Absolutely. Now, Charlie, are you ready for this Boxing Day sprint for you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, a race that's been on my right, radar certainly, um, you know, for a long time. And, uh, you know, it takes the right scenario and we got a great boat and a great group and uh, just kind of happy to be down here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's nice to have you down here too. And then also to have Stace racing under the banner of 11th Hour Racing as well, which I know that you might have a bit more to do with in the next few years. Yeah, you know, it's great to see, um, you know, Stacey get that campaign off the ground, certainly deserving, a uh, great group of girls and uh, nobody should count them out, underestimate the uh, power of what they put together. Absolutely. Now, Ron, coming back to you, I was on the dock with you in Plymouth when we were sure that you were going to take out the Fastnet race and that little boat came home with um, a bit of a vengeance. Are you um, hoping to come good on the Hobart? <laughs> You know, that's handicap yacht racing, yeah. right? You uh, you know, sometimes those break your way, sometimes they don't. So uh, it's just a reminder, though, that every minute you do something right is good for you and every minute you do something wrong is bad for you. So every minute counts is the way I think about it. Absolutely. I mean, um, the boat that goes the fastest, the longest will hopefully play out and then you just hope that you beat the boats in your, your size range, I guess, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, Ron said, you try to minimize the 
times you're not sailing well and maximize the time you are and and you just you know do the best you can and let all the numbers shake out when you're done. Now serious questions about the Rolex Sydney Hobart. What have you bribed your families with to actually be able to escape at this time of year, Charlie? <laughs> well, uh, as a matter of fact, my family's down here. Uh, Yay! Yeah, which is which is uh, which is a great treat, and uh, you know, very fortunate for that to be the case. So, um, spend a little time with them on Christmas, and then. Wave goodbye on the 26th, which is something, unfortunately, they're getting used to. Um, but that's kind of how it goes. But at least the kids might understand that this is a sprint and not a 20-day leg like in the um, around the world is. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, uh, they're accustomed to long periods uh, alone. So, um, you know, around the holidays, it's, you know, a, a little bit tougher. But like I said, fortunate to have them down here. Yeah, and worth the sacrifice, as you said, you know, a dream to be down here on, on Boxing Day. But where are your family, Tim? Uh, my family's back home in, in Rhode Island. And... And uh, yeah, it's my first Christmas away from my daughter and my and my family. So, but they're they're ready to do it, and and, and uh, yeah, you know, not every year. So it's good yeah. though. I know it's it's great that the families understand that you guys need to come and do some yacht racing. Yeah, and I th I think that we don't do it all the time, and I think that we've all had the good fortune of very supportive families yeah. to be able to. Shout out to the supportive family. Yeah, a, a huge shout out to the supportive families. Absolutely. Well, good luck to you, Ron. I know I'm, I've got you on my list of doing very well, whether that's because I like you or because I think your boat's an absolute rocket ship or that the team's absolutely awesome. I'm not quite sure. Well, I think it's all three, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck to you guys, and hopefully I'll see you on the dock in Hobart. Well, you will. Thanks very much. Thanks for the time. You're very welcome. Yes, it is Hobart Day here at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. My name's Nick Douglas, and you are joining us here on Adventures of a Sailor Girl live from the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. You can see the dock is just absolutely packed, and people are about to start heading out to do their storm sail past and start getting ready for the action as we count down into 1 o'clock here at the CYC. I've got my side Nick. That's what I call you. Side Nick, yes. <laughs> Tiana Whitty next to me. She's um, on social media and talking to you guys on Instagram. Remember, you can follow us at Sailor Girl HQ or Adventures of a Sailor Girl on Facebook, but at Sailor Girl HQ will get you everywhere, basically. It's like the... It's like a key code. Now, we've been lucky enough to talk to people all the way through the fleet. We've still got a few interviews to go. Um, and while we were just looking there, we'll go back to this view of the CYC. You can see right there the camera cat, which I mentioned earlier, and appliances online. Now, when he did his last 18-foot skiff season uh, and also when he did the Super Cup last Friday, he was sailing on appliances online. David Witt, it's almost time to go south again. Yeah, I think this is 24. 24? I'm an idiot, aren't I? <laughs> and then you did a Volvo, so... Yeah, yeah, well, I missed one last year because we went around the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but you're back with a vengeance. It sounds like you've modified everything humanly possible. Yeah, the boss has been really good. He's given the team every chance. So, yeah. so what, have you, what have you changed? You can tell us now, which is good. <laughs> um, bow sprit, mast, boom, keel, rudders. Sails, winches, engine, PLC, electronics. Yeah. And you swapped to North Sales? <laughs> yep, went from Doyle's to Norse and um, very happy with the decision I made. <clears throat> Excellent, that's what we like to hear. And I mean, this race, it's, it's going to be quite challenging. Um, by the sounds of the forecast, as per usual, you're each going to have your elements. How do you rate your chances? One in five. One in five? Yeah, about that. Well, I'd say one in four, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
he lent me a sail. I need to keep him in the five. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no. But um, but with with your modifications, do you think it helps you with this forecast? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to give away what he's optimised. Okay, who's on board with you going south? Uh, so Miles Snedden from Matfrey's and Abigata. Parko's with us, yep. obviously. All the scallywags that went around the world, basically. Mm -hmm. Bessie, um, Nipper, you know, all the Phil Harmer from Vestas is with us from mm -hmm. the Kamachi day. So the Wendy. The Wendy's with us, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've got no issues with the personnel. Yeah. So the boat's good to go, the crew are good to go. Um, no excuses, really. <coughs> That's what the boss said. <laughs> so was that, was that what he basically wanted you to do, just go out and... Yeah, he gave us every opportunity. You know, I don't know how long we'll, Scallywag will do this, but no, no Hong Kong team's ever won line on us. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely the best shot at it. So he wanted to make sure he gave us every chance he could, and he's done that. So, And he's on board with us, obviously. So yeah. um, it's one of those days where it's just time you've got to deliver, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And hopefully you can give yourself every opportunity. The start uh, doesn't always mean the, the win, but are you going to you know, put all stops out? No. <laughs> no, we'll, 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 get a, we'll get a good start and uh, that's all right, but it's not really going to make a big difference, yeah. especially in five knots of wind. Mm. You might find a couple of the hundred footers still sitting at the start line when a couple go round south head. <laughs> Yikes, it's going to be that calm. Well, it looks like at the moment, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely, it could be a slow start, but um, what about the finish? Well, I don't know. I mean, I watched last year's race on the iPhone when we arrived in Melbourne. Mm. I think you might have a similar finish. Okay. Yeah, I think the boats are so apart from maybe one, but I think the other four are good enough in their areas to all be within sight of each other, so yeah, wow. might be a dormant finish. Might be a four-boat match race for the finish. Yeah, hope not. But <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you get a, get, a, get a few legs on them in the meantime, but hey, welcome back. Um, well done on all the work you've done, and I know that you'll have a big program going forward into 2019 with the whole Scallywag arsenal. Yeah, yeah, we've got big plans for next year, but bad result here. He might tear up his tickets and leave, so... No pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure, Woody. No. Go hard. Thanks, mate. Bye. <laughs>Oh my gosh, our view's getting blocked. What's going on here, Tiana? Absolutely hilarious. The uh, pond is definitely filling up as the boats start to leave. The sailing boats will get these motorboats coming in here and the spectators will be heading out in their masses. Now, just a few updates. I will be live on Facebook right here for the start, but I can't do any vision of the race of the boats actually racing. That is held with Channel 7. Channel 7 will be live on 7, mate. Uh, here in Australia, they will also have a feed onto the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia's website and then I'll be live on Facebook with the commentary that we're doing for the um, ABC. So you've got lots of ways that you can tune into the start, which is just awesome and hopefully a little bit better than years past. I know Jimmy Spithill's commentating on 7 Mate, which is awesome because Katie's racing with Wild Oats 10 and Tom Spithill's on with Winning Appliances, so no doubt he'll give his um, brother and sister a bit of banter. Now we just heard from David Witt. Um, we could see the camera cat in the in the pond just before, so I thought that gave us a little bit of an inspire. We've talked our way through a lot of the smaller boats. We've had live visitors with the smaller boats, and I think what I want to do really is just show you how close the racing has been for the big boats over the course of the year. They've raced the Blue Water Point Score Series. They've raced the Brisbane to Gladstone race. They've raced the Noakes Sydney Gold Coast races. Actually, the last time we saw Comanche and Wild Oats and Blackjack all match up together. Uh, 
and we've seen you know Wild Oats win one, Blackjack win one, Comanche win another. It's really been all on here. And now David Witt, Scallywag's in the mix. So these four maxis are really going to push each other to new limits. But as we've heard, the weather forecast is looking really tricky. Will it be a small boat race with them chasing in behind? Will the big boats manage to get through that shutdown period? I mean, it's all in the air and it's all really in the hands of the weather gods. And that's why we do love sailing as a sport. But here's a look back at the Noakes Sydney Gold Coast race. I was lucky enough to be on the commentary team for the start with the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia and then I was at the finish with the Southport Yacht Club. You might enjoy some of this vision of seeing just how close it has been for these maxis since our um, finish in the Derwent last year. We're live out on the beautiful waters off the Gold Coast in Australia for the Southport Yacht Club and the finish of the Noakes Sydney Gold Coast race. 384 nautical mile race started by the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia in Sydney and concluded by the Southport Yacht Club. Here's the finish line over my shoulder. Here's Blackjack, the 100 footer coming into the finish. And just over their tail is Wild Oats 11. We've got about seven to 10 nautical miles to go. Manchi has led this entire race effectively once they left the heads back in Sydney. Blackjack yachting will take the 33rd edition of the Noakes Sydney Gold Coast Yacht Race. There they go, across the finish line. They took the lead from Comanche just before the sun came up this morning. Wild Oats 11, finishing the 33rd edition of the Sydney Gold Coast Yacht Race. But here comes Comanche to round out the podium on line honours behind Blackjack Yachting and Wild Oats 11. And that is your top three. But it has been exceptionally close between the maxis for this year. But again, Scallywag wasn't in the mix, as David Witt just said in my interview with him. He skipped the last Hobart to do the Volvo, but now they're back with a vengeance. And his owner has basically left no stone unturned. They have new sails, new boards, new motors, new everything. And, um, and Tiana, you're just loving all this, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We've just medicated her. For those who don't remember the Sailor Hurl incident... <laughs> I said to this one, I'm like, oh, we might have to medicate you on the day when you head out on the water. Oh, no, no, I don't get seasick. I'm like, yeah, neither did I until the first time I went out on the water to watch the Sydney Hobart. And I know a lot of you remember Adventures of a Sailor Hurl, but you're now medicated, aren't you? Yes, I just got drugged. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. He's all over it. And, um, and Lindsay May said, like, right in our first interview of the day, roll the way back. He's with Kia too. He said, you know, sometimes you just had to not sail with people back in the day because they didn't have the medications that we have now. So now, yay, medications making sailing, <laughs> making sailing open to a lot of people. What we're going to do now is go to an interview with one of our Western Australian visitors. Awesome to have so many boats from overseas, but also WA, which is almost overseas. It's that far away. Here's an interview with Tim Stewart from Anger Management. And, um, and lovely to have you all here joining us. My name is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. I've just um, run into some WA imports. Got here with me Tim from Anger Management. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Nick. Not too bad at all. And WA, I mean, did you deliver the boat down, truck it down? What are we talking about? No, we actually got someone to bring it over. We were a bit lazy and a bit too busy, so uh, we just got someone else to bring it over. Yeah. And now you're, um, you're getting her all together. Not, not long to go now, but are you sorted? Yeah, nearly ready. We're just going to have a bit of lunch and then we're heading back out this afternoon to uh, do a bit more stuff. And yeah, we're getting really close. 
Fantastic. And um, I guess you're representing WA this year. Is everybody going to be watching? Oh, yeah. So we're from a small town of only about 15,000 people. So uh, we've had an amazing amount of support. I actually just got a text message from our Shire president. Oh. So uh, she's wishing us well. So it's just really cool, yeah. That is really cool. And you're here with a bunch of mates too. I mean, why, why are you here to do the Hobart? It's a massive effort for you guys. Oh, well, when we bought this boat last year in Hamilton Island, we thought we'd probably, uh, you know, it's way better than our old boat. Mm -hmm. So we thought... Let's tick it off and get it done. So, uh, not everybody on the boat we like. We, some of us don't gel very well, but I think four days of uh, down there will sort that out. Either that or some drinks at Customs House. Well, we had a fair bit to drink last night, and one of our uh, one of our guys didn't front today for our one and only training day. He's got a mystery illness. He's got a mystery illness called being hungover, and no sailors have ever had that illness ever. No, but this that was our last hit out. So uh, tonight we're back on the water and. Yeah. Okay, so that was your last hit out at the bar, and tonight you're on the water. I think you're a bit dusty too. <laughs> no, oh, a little bit. Yeah, we're all we're all put up a pretty brave front though, so it's been good. And the name anger management. Clearly, you don't get on. So is that why we have the name anger management? Oh, there's a story behind that. I bought a boat with the name, and there's another boat over here in uh, Newcastle, I believe, with anger management. So we're not sure who actually has the rights to that name, but. Anyway, we're claiming it for this race, yeah. so, yeah. Well, especially because you don't get on and clearly you deal with your anger in the bar. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we take it out on the barmaid and the, and the doorman, yep. Can you make sure you wear these shirts when you go out and I'll avoid you? We will, we've got these shirts on for sure. <laughs> Just kidding, we'll have a beer when we see you in Hobart. And thank you for making the effort from WA and shout out to everyone in Perth who might be watching. Yeah, no worries, thanks Dick. And we're back as we can hear the first helicopter heading out to get views of the fleet of the Rolex Sydney Hobart for 2018. 85 yachts will be heading south across three start lines. I'm going to have to remember to print out my, uh, my sheets for those three start lines. On the first start line are basically only the Maxis and Privateer, the Cookson 50 and um, Prospector and Voodoo, so the bigger 60-footers. Then the second line is Chockers, um, Drumfire and the bigger cruising boats, plus all the TP-52s and the 40-footers, and then the smaller boats are on the third line. The third line's actually got the most boats on it, so unbelievable. It's going to be fairly Chockers. Interesting that the TPs are on the second line, I think, um, and, and you've got no probably, you know, say in this, T, because you've not actually ever seen a Hobart start, start live. No, I haven't. Yeah. First time. First time? You ready to rock? Yeah, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. She's ready to rock and roll. She'll be bringing you live action from out on the on the course as soon as she's allowed to, as soon as we're out of the embargo. Thank you, Channel 7. Uh, but we, I will be right here bringing you commentary, uh, which, will, which will be just awesome. Now, we don't have too many interviews to go. We just heard from Tim Stewart and the mystery illness that all of his crew came down with after the crew party. Have you ever had a mystery illness? No. Definitely not. You've never been hungover? I've always been hungover. <laughs> mystery illness. This is how I'm going to refer to being hungover from now on. I have a mystery illness. Are you cool with that, Dad? Rob Douglas watching on. He's, he's told Tiana that she has to report back in, in on me at um, Hobart. But you guys are all looking forward to my live crosses from Customs House, I know. I just saw Tim, Tom Spithill before and I've told him that it's on, on, on the Customs House steps. We, we do love doing our interviews in, in random locations. Meanwhile, let's have a little bit of a look at the dock. You, you can't quite see past this cruising boat, but I'm sure you can see the clouds of, crowds of people. But more importantly, can you see those flags fluttering? Can you see them? Oh, there's somebody up the mast just there. Can you see that? I can see him right, right in the middle there. Yep, someone up the rig doing a last-minute check on what looks like Hutzpah. Victorian entry, Hutzpah. Winners of the Noak Sydney Gold Coast race. There you go. 
yes, Dad, I'm that much of a nerd. I can see him going, how does she know that from here? But anyway, let's pop into one of our last interviews before we head off. This is none other than the Line Honours winner from last year. Not without controversy, but rightly so, as I'm sure a lot of us do also believe Port and Star, but is a very important rule. Let's check out our interview from earlier this week with Mr. Jim Cooney of Comanche. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl with last year's Line Honours winner, Jim Cooney from Comanche. Jim, here we go again. Yeah, hi Nick. We are Yes, here we are again, um, chasing a back-to-back -back win, which uh, will be very, very exciting, and I'm looking forward to the race. Forecast is good for all of the fleet, really. Um, we're pretty happy with it, as long as, long as we don't see anything less than about eight knots. That's, uh, that's our Achilles heel, as everybody knows, but that's um, looking pretty positive. Absolutely. The fat bottom girl, I mean, we saw you waiting in the Derwent last year, effectively waiting, uh, but, but you did come home strong, especially because you started so well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that, uh, uh, to be honest, the, you know, what happened in the Derwent was, uh, was that's likely to happen again this year, uh, but our strategy is to not be so close to anybody else that it, that it matters. So uh, last year we covered more miles than we necessarily needed to. Um, with, I guess that's, you know, put it down to lack of knowledge of the boat with such a short time beforehand and um, a little bit of uncertainty in, in some of the, the sea conditions that we had. We were trying to keep the boat safe and keep the boat uh, preserved. Uh, so I think we're, we're in a stronger position this year with, you know, knowing what angles to sail the boat and hopefully we'll be further ahead when we get to the iron pot and see what happens from there. <laughs> Absolutely. And you talk about working on your Achilles heel often. That's one of your trademarks. And I think one of the Achilles heels potentially last year was that you didn't know the boat. You only bought it a few days beforehand. Yeah. And you have left no stone unturned this year. We've all seen how hard you've been training. Yes, we have, Nick. We've worked very, very hard, in the, particularly in the last six months since the start of the Blue Water Series. Uh, so I've had the full crew out here for 10 to 14 days before each of the races and we've been training pretty hard and then since beginning of November everyone's been here full time. Um, I think we've had 70 or 75 sailing days uh, since the Southport race. So, uh, no, And that's it, time on the water is just so valuable. We've tested everything, we've measured everything, we're a lot more confident in the boat. Absolutely, and I know you're down Stan Honey and also um, James Spithill, but your crew is still absolutely impeccable. Oh, yes, it's still, it's still a pretty impressive list. Uh, I think I'm probably the only one that hasn't won an America's Cup or a Volvo race. Um, but, uh, luck, Owner's prerogative. Lucky I'm, <laughs> luckily, I'm, I'm still in the crew. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very strong crew, and it'd be, it's terribly disappointing to lose both Stan and Jimmy. Uh, I mean, Jimmy's a great asset to any team. He's a fantastic tactician. He's a great driver and just a great guy to have in the team. And Stan is... You know, Stan's just a wonderful human being and the best navigator on the planet, so it is a shame, but uh, we've, we've got good people to fill in. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Absolutely, and I know that both um, will be involved up until the time that the, the gun goes effectively, yeah, yeah. even if they're not on the boat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, um, I was talking to Stan last night and he's, uh, he's eagerly awaiting each, uh, each uh, grip, grip file that comes out and he does a running for us and tells me what he thinks. So uh, we've certainly got plenty of support from, from Stan and Jimmy's... Uh, Jimmy's been down to see us a couple of times this week. So, yeah, everybody's... There's still crew, even though they're not actually on the boat. Yep. So all I can say at this point is um, good luck. Well done on all your efforts, and, um, and, and I hope you have a great ride south, especially with um, your, your daughter and your son, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, really looking forward to that. So it's a great thing that we all do together and uh, terrific memories, and hopefully knock up another one. Absolutely. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome.
Clark and we're back at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. So great to have you all with us. That was our interview with Jim Cooney, winner on Line Honours last year with an hour time penalty given to Wild Oats 11 after a port and starboard incident just after the start near the second turning mark. Now, the Nor'easter is building. You can see my hair's actually starting to blow. I was trying to bring up some live readings for you from Seabreeze, but I didn't manage to do it before the end of that interview. So if you head to Seabreeze, you can see at the moment the website. Uh, it's about 10 knots in building from the nor'east right now. So there will be wind for the start, potentially up to 15 knots, which is just awesome. We're almost done here, but I did want to play this interview um, that I did with Rico and Blackjack at Hamilton Island, just so that you can see that while these guys might be rivals on the water, they're actually good mates. I missed it yesterday, but I saw Rico plant a kiss on the cheek of, um, of Squawk. <laughs> it was quite hilarious and all the media wish they'd grabbed it. Uh, and I'm not sure if you saw on our Instagram story on both North Sales yesterday, not yesterday, day before when we took over the North Sales page and thanks to North Sales for supporting our broadcast. Um, it was quite hilarious. The only person who was game enough to touch the line on his trophy on Christmas Eve was Christian Beck from InfoTrack. So anyway, we cut over now to this interview that I did with Rico and squark at Hamilton Island and then we're going to have another look at the course and it'll be all but go time here. I know that Tiana's got to head off and, and Daniel has also been working the back, back end of this broadcast. They're going to head off to head out on the water and I'll be right here to bring you commentary for the ABC with a, with a live radio link. So pretty awesome, awesome action coming your way. Not just today, but all the way through to the finish, all the way across the fleet with Adventures of a Sailor Girl. Here's um, that interview with Rico and squark. This is Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl on the dock at Hamilton Island Yacht Club. Am I a bit loud for you, Squat? I wasn't ready for that. I know, I know. No, I'm here with Rico and Squat. We've got the skipper of Wild Oats 11, the skipper of Blackjack Yachting. And I mean, I don't think you can help but check out you guys out there on the beautiful waters around Hamilton Island, hey Rico? Yeah, no, look, it's been a wonderful week, very close racing and um, the atmosphere has ended up very good at the end of yeah. the week, so it's all good. Exactly, <laughs> at the end of the week and you're all here having a beer together. Yeah, isn't it good? Yeah. Everyone together, beautiful Palm Beach. We'll <laughs> put a plug in there for yeah, the sponsor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really cool, but um, today's racing I think was also spectacular. Lots of uh, changing of the guard. Oh no, it's fantastic, you don't get me much closer than that, you know, to match racing 200 footers and um, you know, we had Billy Buckle on board today's 92, Yeah. been sailing for 80 years and he's you know, one of the most exciting races he's had so it's good stuff. Yeah that is good stuff but you guys have a, a big program coming up as well I, I assume you're both doing Hobart this year? Yeah well this is sort of this is it the start of it or the end of last season? <laughs> I don't really know it just keeps going around I think this is the, the start of the new season yeah, is so what Hamo marks. Yeah exactly and yeah. you guys got the Sydney Gold Coast and you guys got the Keppel I mean it's it's not much between you guys. No we've been having really good racing yeah. sort of since this time last year really and um, yeah. look Today was a great race. I mean, that's yeah. sort of what the boats were about, swapping the lead a couple of times. All got a bit chaotic down the corner there, and um, there's, what, 40 people having massive brain explosions <laughs> at once. So, and that's including the umpire, or plus the umpire. Plus the umpire. Plus, yeah. plus the umpire. We yeah. see brain explosions from them too. Oh, no, no, he did a good job. No, he did <laughs> no, a good they're doing job. a great job. Yeah, my point is everyone's <laughs> under a lot of pressure, and yep. everyone's playing to win, and we play fair, and had a good time. Yeah, and then you have a beer at the end of the day, which I just love, because I think that's the spirit of, spirit of Hamo and but Aussie racing in general. Yeah, absolutely. Sport in general. I think yeah. it's a great thing. You know, they're two fantastic teams. I think the introduction of the umpire to our yeah. close racing has been fantastic this week, and um, it's, you know, it's, it's taken it to another level, which is great. And um, 
And I think it's great because we can end up hating the umpire instead of each other. So it's even better. <laughs> so it's good. But shout out to the umpires who are doing a great job and we love having them out yeah. there. But, you yeah, know, I, I completely see where you come from. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys get back to having more beers. Thanks. But thanks for um, both being here to your, you know, Peter, Peter Harburg and the Oatley family as well. I mean, because we all enjoy watching you guys race. But, um, you know, they've got to make sure that you're here on the water. Great, yeah, and thanks, special thanks to the Oatley family. They've made us more than welcome, as they always do, and uh, this is testament to what they, <laughs> they do for the sport, and we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I love the mixing of the blue and, and red shirts behind me, Eric. And a special thanks to you too, Nick, for uh, doing what you do with the, the, you know, promoting the sport, and you do a great job, so well done. Thanks, Rico. Awesome. Signing off here at Hamilton Island. We'll have plenty more soon, but um, loving watching these two boats fight it out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And here we go, guys. I think we're going to wrap it up very, very shortly. What we might do is run you once more through the course and the weather that you can expect out there today as we head into the start. It's quarter past 10. It's two hours and 45 minutes until we get underway for this year's Rolex Sydney Hobart. Who will win? Well, that's up to the weather gods, I think. It's looking very, very tricky, especially on the night of the 27th and the morning of the 28th. Will the big boats be able to get through that transition zone ahead of the smaller ones? Will everybody park up in Bass Strait? Shane Kearns, who was our first live interview, predicted that he may actually get to see some of the bigger boats this year, and he's from an s, &S little mini boat. So here is your course. Let's just see if I can pull that one up for you guys. I'm getting a little bit handy now on this, um, on this little transition. Here we go, here's the course, bringing you through. Alrighty guys, here we have the course. Zooming in, you'll have the start line, three start lines to be exact, right off Steel Point. You can see where that first pin is in a nor'easter. We'll see quite a long tack on starboard and a short attack on port, or it depends what end you want to start at. Rico, probably don't start at the pin, babe. First turning mark, around we go. Second turning mark, and we're on, and then we'll be heading down the coast. Now, just another heads up for those who may have just tuned in. I do have quite a few satellite telephone numbers, so hopefully I get to chat to people. That said, I'm never going to interrupt their racing. You know, I'm all about being four sailors into Bass Strait. This is where we'll probably see a bit of condensing with a big, big, big transition zone in between two systems into the Derwent we might have another shutdown and it's all about who is going to be able to keep their boat moving the longest as it always is in yacht racing and then up the Derwent and into Hobart where I will be waiting for every single finisher that I can possibly be with I will be live for line honors as well but that will be with the Rolex Sydney Hobart but I'll keep you posted don't you worry about that guys you know that I always keep you in the middle of the action and here we are, beautiful, beautiful Rushcutters Bay at the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. My name is Nick Douglas. It's been so nice to be with you all today. Shout out to Greg Outeridge from behind the scenes. He's really helped us get our tech up and happening. Also to Greg Torpy, who I know is watching. He's um, been instrumental in the past few months, making sure that we can bring all of this action to you. And, um, and of course, to the team that are helping on the ground today from side Nick to, um, to Daniel and, and Rob Douglas, absolute legend and great to have him on the team as always. My name's Nick Douglas. Remember to share, 
Make sure you share this broadcast. Make sure you tune in next time. Make sure you stay tuned for our live broadcast of the start or you can watch on 7, mate, or at the Rolex Sydney Hobart website, rolexsydneyhobart.com. We'll have a live show for you this afternoon on the Rolex Sydney Hobart page as well. Care, care of Rolex and the Cruising Yacht Club of Australia. My name's Nick Douglas for Adventures of a Sailor Girl. An absolute pleasure to be with you once again. See you all soon.